This is Judge Dredd. I am the law. Do you betray the law? Do you betray the law? Do you betray the law? Welcome back, everyone, to the Dreadful Cyberpunkcast. My name is Andy. And I am PK. And this is our 69th episode. Nice. nice. Uh, we've been waiting for a long time to make that we joke. We've said that joke a lot of times on the episodes that weren't 69. We've been waiting for, setting that joke up for like months of our life. Um, it's a read-along podcast where we read, react to, and review the original progs of 2080's Judge Dredd. PK, what do you remember about the last time we hung out? Oh, uh, it was more one-shots. Uh, what happened? We Oh, was it Pison? Pison. It was the it was the Fink in fact. It was the yes. Fink in the in the in the Body Factory. The Body Factory. Holy we hit shit. Cyberpunk. We That's officially right. hit Cyberpunk. Hard switch. Yeah. That was uh, a very different uh, tonal shift. Also, I found out something thanks to our buddy Slow. Slow. They sent me a uh, we love you Slow. They sent uh, me a um a email recently and there's a reason why you think that the Fink's name is Rat Fink. Okay. It's because he actually has a son, and the son is named Rat Fink Angel, and the son is actually the guy on we the have poster. on our poster. Yeah. Okay, so he had a son? Yeah, now I have even more questions, but now I totally understand why like, you wanted to refer to him. Reproduce asexually? Like, uh, yeah, does he like spore, like grow Because I spores? can't imagine anyone... I've... Well, I mean, he is... I don't know, man. I think he might have done the, the bad thing. Oh, I hope the not. The worst thing you can do. Oh, let's not think about it. But it, it, it officially, like, because you were so, like, like caught up on... I kept saying Rat Fink. Yeah, Rat Fink. Many times. And it turns out that's his son. Okay. Lo and behold. So Slow got us for that. Thank okay. you, Slow. Thank you. Mm. And then we had the last one, which was the knock on the door, where they had the, the crime blitz and there was oh a judge who was torturing somebody. Right? Did you really run numbers? Yeah, like 50 years ago. Yeah! Jail for you! And it was only like six years ago. But, yeah. do you remember what we're dealing with today? You said pirates? We have pirates of the Black pirates Atlantic. Pirates of the Black Atlantic. You Our... said they're going to be robot pirate cyborg? <laughs> You're not far off. So, robot mutant pirate cyborg. PK, PK, we are going to be, this is a four-part mini-arc. Right? That's three more parts than Judge Rico got. Yes, it That's is. That's two more parts than Judge Death got. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. It's um, about fucking pirates. It's about pirates. So, you ready to get into this? Yeah. Okay, it's good. Hey, it's good shit, though. I promise I'm you. I'm just saying, Judge Death got a two-part and became the most classic Judge Dredd villain. We are... Judge Rico got one prog. And, and a movie. And, a, and got a movie. <laughs> uh, we are gonna have... Some shit to talk about, though. But it is... I, I will say this is one of my lighter uh, uh, note-taking ones. Okay. But there's shit to talk about, because shit goes down. Why Why are there pirates in the Black Atlantic? Do people still go back and forth from the Sove cities to the Mega City 1? We don't know, because we've heard about Britsits as well. Oh, we have Brit-sit heard about be closer. But there's, so, a, there's an underground tunnel. Uh, the, the transatlantic tu- tunnel. The transatlantic tunnel. Why would they just take that? Is still around. We don't know. Well, we've seen, we've had some stuff happen on the Black Atlantic before, remember? Yeah, there was we- a giant two-boat boat. Oh my god, yeah, there's a giant and judge catamaran. fucking balls. <laughs> <laughs> You're all under arrest. All 10,000 of you. 
From, from soft cities, right? Yeah. So soft city judges, let spies. Uh, yes, they were spies posing as like research, uh, like a research vessel, right? That's right. So this, our first prog here, prog one ninety seven, it was released January thirty first, nineteen eighty one. Script wow. is by T B Grover, John, John Wagner, Howard. Alan Grant. Yeah. Uh, I up, almost called him John Howard, which is his pseudonym. His other pseudonym. Uh, put a pin in Alan Grant. The name Alan Grant. The Flash? We're, we're gonna not. No, we we already did this. That's, we already talked about. We that. already we already made that joke. Uh, that's oh my god. Is he like the first Flash? Is it we Barry talked about Allen, this. It's, Wally West. We did this last time. Alan Grant was the very first Flash. It wasn't Alan Grant though. It's oh, it's Alan Scott. Nope. It's, Scott Allen. Nope. Nope. First Flash. Wait. I got it. Who's the first Green Lantern? First Flash created by Alter Ego. Uh, na uh character name. God damn it. It wasn't, it was It's not Alan Grant. No. It was not Barry Allen. No, not Barry Allen, not Wally West, because that's Flash Ooh. 2 and 3. Jay Garrick. Jay Garrick. God, you got Alan Grant from Jay Garrick. Alan Grant is the first Green Lantern with the big purple cape then. Really? Maybe. <laughs> Let, I'll pull it up. Yeah, look, All right. first Green Lantern. Green Lantern, first character. All right. We're gonna get to this Judge Dredd stuff eventually. We got Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan was like number two or three. There's Hal. Alan Scott. Alan, God damn it! <laughs> so you got Alan at least. Alan yeah. Scott. And Alan, then Hal Jordan's name, the second one. How many Green Lanterns got a name? Alan Scott, Guy Gardner, Guy Gardner. Yep. That's uh, two. Hal Jordan, Kyle yeah. Rayner. Wow, that's four. Uh, he was one I read in the '90s all the time. Okay. Uh, John Stewart. Yep, yep. That's five. There and then there was two that's, more. That's the, the two new ones. There's a woman one and a Middle Eastern guy. And I don't know their. I There's don't know them. Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz. Yeah, those like. are the two new ones that I didn't. I never. I, I haven't. I didn't. I stopped reading comics. I'll, I'll give you a five. Five out of seven. Not bad. Yeah, I used to read a lot of Green Lantern growing up. I did not. So you ready to get into this? Let's yeah, let's talk about this. this. Let's talk about Judge Dredd. So let's open up to where we left off, and we're gonna pick up with Pirates of the Caribbean. Of not the Caribbean. Pirates of the Black <laughs> Atlantic, Part One. Let's turn that page. And PK, we got we got oh, some stuff right. to look at. Uh, what's her name? Judge McGruder. McGruder was back, was back in the last one. Look at what we got what going on here. What the fuck? Yeah. Are these space pirates? Uh, Are no. They, the submarine pirates? Uh, let's uh, PK go for the narration in the left-hand corner here. Beneath the murky waters of the polluted Black Atlantic, the shape of a great war sea fortress launches a deadly swarm of fish. And look at these... What, what does the fortress look like, BK? Looks like a UFO. It looks like a UFO. What's it's got on the, it? It's got the Jolly Roger. And it yep. says Carib. Carib. Carib or Carib. I don't know Caribbean? Which. Caribbean. Yeah, probably. Uh, it looks like a giant UFO, though. It's got like a dome, a little bubble in the center, you know, dome. Yeah. Look at these fish, though. What do you know about these fish? Are they oh, oh. I see the ones in the front. They're little, like, uh, boarding vessels. Yeah. They gun look ships. Like, they look like little torpedo shark thing Holy missiles shit. with people in them. Yeah, and there's like what? Like about one, two, three, four oh. people per fish? And how many fish are there? There's a lot of fish. A lot of fish torpedoes. Um, and one one guy is saying from inside of his torpedo, Target dead ahead and closing, Captain! And we see Cap'n. PK, if you want to describe this character for me, please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he has robotic tendril dreadlocks. Yes. An eye patch. Uh-huh. A cyborg eye. Yep. Like a telescope thing, like a telescoping yeah. eye. A little... His whole face is all like wrinkly and... Yeah. Uh, a little metal nose plate. 
where his nose would be. Yeah. Uh, he's got a cyborg hound, and he's got that's holding like a pipe with a little Jolly Roger on it. Yeah. Uh, PK, this is our bad guy for the next four progs. Captain. I need you to give the captain the most piratey robot cyborg voice you can. Also notice that his dialogue has some robotic sounds in it as well. Oh my so god. Go for it, PK. <laughs> Get stereotypes. Go for stereotypes. Action stations, ye sons of sea slugs. We run these fish run aboard, right aboard. Go for the narration of the next one. <laughs> On board the Black Atlantic research vessel, Hans, ha Hans Haas. Yep. En route to Mega City One. Muty pirates! And we see, PK, this is a pretty cool ship. Yeah, this it's is like, it has uh, like solar panels instead of sails. Yeah, it's like an old, it's, it's, it's a. It looks like a modern day kind of uh, of shipping vessel, but it has giant solar sails on it instead. And we can see like missiles and stuff yeah. on it. But these torpedo man torpedo things The fish. Fish are like breaching out of the water coming towards the Hans Haas uh uh vessel. So they're being boarded. Research vessel. Research vessel. So let's turn the page real quick. Um so PK, go for the narration again. The Hans Haas solar-powered defense system strikes. And we see there is, like, kind of these... Um, oh, like these little gun nests. Like little gun nests that come up out of the uh It's deck. like the, those things, and you never played uh, uh, Wind Waker. No. But every so often... Oh, boy. <laughs> you would come across these uh, these these little pirate uh, towers in the middle of the ocean. Had cannons all around them. Okay, literally that, right? But yeah. with lasers. But with, and yeah. they are shooting these fish boarding parties out of the sky. There's people all across the deck. And the fish are shooting back, too. The fish are shooting back. And we have a voice coming out. Go for that voice, PK, over the radio. Murder, murder, underpowered attack. 12 units north of Cuban wastes. It's... <laughs> <laughs> you almost had it. It's Captain Skank. What was that, PK? What's his name? Captain Skank. PK, Captain Skank is the name of our main bad guy for these four frogs. I hope you get used to that. Uh, because we're gonna have to say that name a lot, okay? So, that, the guy with the, the robotic dreadlocks Skank? is, 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 is Captain, we don't know his first name, Skank. Um, and they are, they're north of the, uh, Caribbean, or Cuban, Cuban Waste. Cuban Waste. So, we're gonna come back to that. But, we see that the solar panels, though, the solar sails are being, uh, destroyed by the fire from the gunfish ships. They've wrecked the solar sails. We're powerless. Uh, yeah. What a great, what a great thing to have is your your source of power for your defenses, well, solar it, powered, and very obviously easy to hit. Well, solar power is nice and clean and renewable. Yeah. But and the not, the downside is you have to have large solar panels, and you also can't have them easily destroyed. That's when they're powering a defense system. You have to have them able to, to absorb solar light. So I don't know where else you'd put them. I don't know why you'd hold, I don't know why you'd make them so high and precarious. You <laughs> like put it on a flat panel. Or I something. wouldn't do this for a ship for the most part. That's true too, <laughs> because it's like oh, you're powerless they have, now. They don't. They don't have batteries that had been storing solar energy. We hope. We can hope. We keep going. We see that the. Uh, the fish, like torpedo things, have crashed onto the deck. Run! The pirates are aboard! And sure enough, Captain Skank. He's, now we can see he's got, like, 
The these, orc pauldrons, like the spiky, spiky orc pauldrons, like they look like sea urchins. Yeah, kinda, yeah. And he's popping out of one of the little fish torpedoes and saying, "Take the science a lot, the scientists alive. The rest are yours, shipmates." As he has, he's dual wielding two different pistols. And oh shit, that's pretty badass. Yep. Um, go for the narration. The bottom left here. There's a little pop out of a character. PK, read the narration. Captain Skinks, second in command. Tuscarossa the Vicious. Yep. Tuscarossa. PK, describe this man, if you would, he please. He is a... He has, like, a bandana and a big gold hoop earring. Very yep. pirate-like. Yep. Uh, blank white eyes. Oh, no, he's, looking. He's like, looking down at us. Yeah, he's, like, he's screaming down pupils. at us. Uh, <laughs> a very wide nose, wide nostrils, uh, uh, a prominent jaw and chin. And two gigantic tusks. (laughs) Like a fucking walrus. He looks like if he closed his mouth, he would gouge Gouge his his eyes eyes out. out. Yeah, That's what I first thought. It's massive tusks. I'm going to read for this character. You heard the captain. The rest are ours. As uh, Tuscarossa in this next panel uses his his tusks tusks to flip a guy. (laughs) Holy shit. Shit. Mind you, these tusks are not like protruding feet out from his face. They're no. like a couple inches up. But they're big tusks, and he just flips a guy over his back. And it says a ripper. Ripper. As a guy. Oh! Um, meanwhile, there are like women like draped over the bodies of men. Oh shit! There's like a there's like a a, a, a elephant-nosed bat person in the background. Yeah. There there's a guy that's striking a very fucking powerful pose right there. Oh, yeah. Uh, shirtless sailor man, you know. Gun. Um, and Grud, we're outnumbered! Uh, below, mayhem. As we move on. That, the below is the mayhem. What the fuck was going on above? So much going on up above. Uh, but there are there's the the robot cyborg pirate version of the thing. Oh my god! <laughs> is is holding a broadsword over broadsword over a man that with has a cyborg word. leg and a bandana. He's got a cyborg and pig a leg. Robot parrot, <laughs> and he has robot. rocky thing skin. Yeah, he's got he's this is a lot. This is <laughs> the most over designed background character. PK. We got four progs of overdesigned background. It's okay. Take, take the Pirates of the Caribbean, the crew of the Black Pearl, and put them in Cyberpunk 2077, and then add mutant pi- like features. Yeah, mutant features as well as flesh and and cyborg bits. And they're already undead. It's fucking insane. It's insane. But this this robot thing, dude, has his peg leg up on a guy that has the word tech. T-E-K on his chest. Right. So we assume that he is uh, a scientist guy, of course, yeah. right? And in the background, that's fucking melee. There's, there's... Oh, this guy has, yeah, uh, this guy has, like, two guns. It's pretty cool action scenes. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a pretty woman striking a pose and she gets shot through the chest. Yep. And she's got, like, a baton or Yeah. Hand. There's, it's multi-level, too. There's, like, a whole bunch of shit going on in the background. Yeah, people shooting down from catwalks. The tech guy, however, is saying, oh, they're here! As the big rock cyborg pirate thing. Die, Lobo. However, coming from behind him are these little snake-like uh, uh, appendages. Like Dr. Octopus arms? Kind of little tiny Dr. Octopus arms that wrap and coil around him as the parrot flies away. Robot parrot. Robot parrot. Squawks away. What's he? He's got a line. 
<laughs> like a big oh. And we sure enough we see it is the prehensile hair of Captain Skank. Oh my god, he has Dr. Octopus hair. He has Dr. Octopus His hair. His dreadlocks can snip and grab. Yup, and he has the line he's saying to this guy. Ye were told ye swabs. The scientists live. Now you die! No, Captain. As he strangles and wraps around the guy in his hair and literally kills him with his hair. Uh, We got back to on deck, and people are just being thrown into the Black Atlantic. Yeah. People are just going, like, bodily over the side. Yo, ho, ho, over they go. No, not the Black Atlantic! And with some narration. Without immediate medical attention, none could survive the polluted waters. Remember, remember, we know that the Black Atlantic is polluted. Yeah. Dust the Black, Black Atlantic, Atlantic, right? Yeah. So we cut now forward. Oh, uh, no, so we, we go to uh, t- uh, Captain Skank here. He's got people, uh, a tech person over his shoulder. Right. And he's calling out to the, the it crews. Could the same tech guy that the... That it might have been the same tech guy, yeah. Um... But they all have, there's multiple of them. Like Tuscarossa in the background right, has a tech right. person. They all have tech. And he's saying as he's go, they're going towards the torpedoes, which are lo- launching back into the ocean. We got what we came for. Let's go. And then when Justice Department patrol ships arrived, there were only corpses. And we see the hover ships, the same hover ships yeah. that Justice One has, or uh, that Justice Department has. With the weird long ladders. Yep, the weird long ladders coming out of them. They are hovering over the deck. And there's like, I don't see smoke, but there's like carnage, wreckage, and bodies as a judge's... Piles of dead bodies and, and broken ship parts. A, a, a judge is crouched over a dead body, and he's uh, got his hand on it. Can't find any tech staff among the victims. Reckon Skank's taken them. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That's, we're gonna have, you're gonna have to come used to the, the fact that we got a bad guy named Skank, PK. Looks like Skanks took a... <laughs> Looked like it could only be the work of a Skank. Um, so... Now, PK, an emergency meeting of the Mega City Security Council takes place. That's right, the, the, the Council of Judges or whatever. The that, Council of Five. You're that's right. right. That we so, see all the time in uh, the, the Genesis game, between every mission. PK, what are the, we have, we have okay. more than five judges present, but We're, all five of the council are here. One, two, Do you three. remember the five? You can look at them. You can look at okay. them for their names. We have Griffin, Chief Judge, Justice. Chief Judge Griffin, yep. Uh, Deputy Chief Justice... Yep. Deputy Chief Judge. Judge... Uh, G- the other tutor. Oh. can't remember his name. Pepper. Pepper! Yes, Judge Pepper. Um, we have... I don't see Magruder. Magruder's the lady, the blonde oh, hair. That, okay, there she is. Yep. Uh, head of the SJS. Head of the SJS. She's wearing a standard uniform, though, it looks like. Uh, it, it, no, she's got the one pauldron that was like, that's the eagle. Okay. Yep. Uh, and then we have, on uh, the right. The psychic guy, Crazy Old Maurice. Judge X. Yes. X-E-C-K. Head of Psy Division. Yeah. Yep. And then, this last uh, one I could not remember for the life of me. The new accountant guy. Yes, head of accounting, which is, uh, Judge, oh, I have it right here. Uh, I can't remember it there. I've just proved it myself. Uh, it is Judge Quimby, head of accounting. Quimby! Because accountants have to have wimpy names, yeah. right? Um, so, Chief Judge Griffin, if you remember his Griffin voice. I he, do. Judge Dredd is in the room. We can see him. And there's also, like, a Judge Lowly, who has, like, a little mustache. And, like, another ju- uh, young black judge who might be Judge Giant. We can't really tell. Could be. But uh, Judge Griffin has the line. He's talking to the council. Skank and his mutant pirates operate from an old sea fortress. Abandoned after the war. Their hidden base is somewhere in the Cuban wastes. So far, we have failed to detect it. Normally, Skank is a little more than a nuisance. <laughs> oh. 
Okay, you got it. <laughs> it's a little more than nuisance value, but this time it's more serious. One of the scientists captured was Genomatrix. Yeah. The Nuke Boffin. <laughs> so, I think, Judd, I think Griffin's having a stroke. I, I, I don't know if Judge Griffin's doing a... He's a Nuke Boffin? Because That's not a real thing. You know what a boffin is? Have you heard that word before? Is it a bird? I Put a pin in it. I have it written down as one of our key words today. I've heard the word about. boffin before. I have heard it I before. I have no clue. Can't remember any context. So, we're going to find out. I promise. Oh, I bet, I bet we will. We're going to turn the page, though. And Judge Griffin is now kind of leaning in towards Pepper and saying, as, as he does, he's going to speak to the Deputy Chief Judge. Go for it. As you know... Each sea fortress is equipped with more than 500 nuclear <laughs> missiles. <laughs> what was that, PK? You were laughing through the important part, I think. <laughs> Why would you laugh at that? All right, PK. It's it's so much of say don't tell. Oh yes, it as is. you know, as we've got a lot of fucking nukes. Uh, it's like a lot of nukes in there. So each sea fortress equipped with five, more than 500 nuclear missiles. Keep going with. Matrix. 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 There to replace the outdated warheads. There's no telling what mischief <laughs> What mischief Captain Skank could get up to. Mischief, you say. And <laughs> he could be up to all sorts. Oh, a little bit on the street. He got a nuke himself, you know, and he got up to all kinds of mischief. Um, Judge Pepper, Drock, will Matrix cooperate? And Chief Judge now turns grinning over to Judge Dredd and says... We can't take the chance. Dredd, I want you in charge of this one. And transferring you to the Atlantic Division. On my way. So, PK, they're, they're worried about the, the, the pirates that they knew were there living in a well, sea fortress. But now they have a scientist who can fix the nuclear launcher and, wep and, and, war and replace the warheads? Yeah, but they weren't... Very concerned about it before now. Well, so put a pin in that. We're going to talk about that. This okay? was a nuisance. They were just like, uh, yeah, but he can't launch the nukes because he has no way to do it. Now he has a scientist that can repair it. Uh, I mean, you're lucky in that case. I wouldn't, I don't think, I don't know many countries that'd be like, ah, they can't launch them. Ah, they can't launch Besides, anyway. Us. Um, meanwhile, aboard the Sea Fortress Carib, we see uh, three people here. We have Tuscarossa. Uh, we have Captain Skank, and we have... <laughs> the a, Scarlet Witch. We have the Scarlet Witch. Literally where this woman, Genomatrix, I'll tell you right now, oh. is wearing, like, the Scarlet Witch headpiece for some reason, because she's in the future. You wear That's what you wear that's in the future. That's what you wear in the future. Um, but they are looking down over a bunch of fucking nuclear missiles that have, of course, Jolly Rogers on them. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. Um, and there's a bunch of, like, people working around near them. As Captain Skank says to her... Um, uh... 500 missiles, and we can't use a one of them. <laughs> now you'll change that, General Matrix. <laughs> you'll build new warheads. I'll I refuse, she says. But Tuscarossa, perhaps she needs a little convincing, Captain. So what are they going to do to convince her, I think? Uh, well, I mean, there's something pirates are famous for doing. She is a women. beautiful young lady. I really hope we're not going that way. Let's I don't think out. we are in this comic book, but I, I know what pirates did. PK? It's it's not gonna go that way. But what's it? Where the what is? What are they gonna do? What do you think? What's gonna happen? I think they're. I, I'll tell you. They're this not much. gonna do torture. It's it's a comic book. It's a comic book. They're not gonna like remove fingernails. Are they gonna like? Uh, maybe they're gonna dangle her above a 
Tank of Piranha, because it's a comic book. Oh, okay, okay. You know what? I'll, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. That's not a bad guess. That's actually pretty, 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 like, right in the middle of the road. It's not torture, but it's threatening enough. Yeah, Let's it's something they would do in a, in a comic book for kids. Yeah. In Let, quotation marks. Yeah, comic book for kids. In quotation marks. Put a pin in that. Um... PK, Tuscarosa leans in real close, his drooling mouth, like, real close to Geno's face, as Captain Skank has got her uh, hands on her shoulders. Uh, Skank says, Aye, that she do, Tuscarosa, me hearty. <clears throat> I think it's time she met my mother. <laughs> and... What? <laughs> uh, here we have a misprint. It says Skrank instead of Skank. Uh... Skank leads the way through the wild oh, reverie yeah. of the victorious, victorious pirates. Um, <laughs> can, what's happening in this panel? They are fucking partying, dude. Oh, look closely. It's just, it's just a fucking party of a, look, a bunch of guys look making a tower of people on a guy. <laughs> and nailed not so like there's a man. There's a man staked to the ground. By all four it's of his limbs. It's a fucking party, dude. And all the pirates are on a balancing, like, pyramid thing of, like, cheerleader proportions on top of this man. And they're, like, waving around bottles of beer and shit. What the fuck is going on? And they're singing a little song about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have, as as Tuscarossa and um, Geno Matrix are being, uh, they're uh, going, following in, in Captain Skank's wake, right? Um... And she, uh, she says to, 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 uh, uh, Tuscarosa. Yeah. His mother. Surely she isn't a pirate, too. Not exactly, little lady. Sixteen uh, muties on a dead Norm's chest. As they... Uh, suddenly we have, like, musical pirates, right? <laughs> suddenly it's, it's the cast, instead of the cast of Pirates of the Caribbean, it's... it's fucking Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Or, or it's suddenly fucking Muppet Treasure Island for some reason. <laughs> Big-eyed, bug-eyed, bug baby-eating O'Brien? Present. Aye, aye. Angel Marie. Aye. Aye. It's so weird. I love that movie. <laughs> um. So, yeah, we get another panel of shot of this whole crowd of men balancing on this one dude in the background as some kind of gonzo-looking thing pours a oh bottle God, of something on another gonzo. tech guy. It's balding gonzo. Yeah. And Tuscarosa is, like, cracking his knuckles as he, as he leads Geno down a hallway. But then she ain't exactly his mother either. Though you don't let the captain hear you. Don't let the captain hear you say that. Seventeen muties on a dead gnome's chest. As they get, they're getting, they're, they're, <laughs> they're counting the men that are putting on. It's yeah. so ridiculous. Uh, and we it, get a, it's a fucking party, dude. It's a party. This is what you know. This is what that's what pirates, pirates do. do. They have I've complicated balancing acts on top of dead men. One of the things I do love about One Piece is like when it shows like the really famous like these are the most badass parts in the world. And it's like here's how we're gonna you know here's here's our introduction. It's like red haired shanks. It's like just drinking oh. and having a party. Oh Jesus! So it's n it's never a serious introduction. No, and Blackbeard like the first time we see him after the time skip after the he's like the like the third most dangerous man in the world. Blackbeard, Marshall Tech. And he's drinking and having a party. <laughs> he's a good guy, though. That's pretty fun. He's a severe dick, but he's just drinking. He's got, like an armor on each two two women each. Oh yeah, of course. He's. I mean, everyone. You big, more powerful you are, the bigger you are, right? And he is gigantic. I love it. We now have like a little tiny panel that cuts to the outside of Carib, and we can see that it, it is like UFO shaped, like a frisbee. Okay. And it is like kind of in this. Uh, it's underwater. It's and like there's this little outcrop, like a look, 
It's like a, a little cave. cave. It's in like it's a, the mouth of like a cave. And uh, we hear Skank's voice coming from inside of it. Good evening, mother. And he is heading into a room that there's like a giant like vault door, right? Right. Tuscarose has got this big shit-eating smile as Skank is saying, I've brought someone to see ya. And Genomatrix has her, her lips to her mouth. No! Her hands to her face. Oh, yeah. No! PK, what is mother? Uh, three-eyed kraken. Three-eyed octopus. Big, big three-eyed octopus. Look at it more. With snakes for tentacles. <laughs> it the is... tentacles, it has eight tentacles. And they each branch out even more into, like, terrifying snakes. It is, it's like a hydra octopus. Is that, is that a third eye? Yeah. There's okay. a three-eyed giant octopus kraken that its, its tentacles fork out into multiple, like, eels or snakes. And... What the fuck? Genomatrix has the line. Go for it. Uh, so, some kind of foul black Atlantic monster. He can't think that's his mother. And we see that Skank is like at the end of like a diving board. He's like waving. He's like, got his mother. Get, oh, mother. And Give Tus us a kiss. Tuscarosa is saying, who knows what goes on in the captain's circuits, lady. But just look at him. No mother and son ever loved each other more, I'm thinking. So... This guy loves a giant octopus mutant monster snake. He's a crazy pirate. He's he's, he's an interesting villain. Yeah. He's a, it, if, if we're going to get a four-parter, I'm glad we got Captain Skank as our villain. You know what? I'm saying it. Pretty great villain. Team Skank. Team Skank. <laughs> <laughs> so, we... I love being a skank. We see that the eels now kind of like... The, the eel ends kind of like of the tentacles come up to Jenna's face and she screams... But uh, Skank has a line for her. No, mother! We don't need that. And by the way, your dinner's coming! <laughs> don't you worry, your dinner's coming. Oh, uh, don't you worry, your dinner's coming. A ceiling panel slides open, and what's happening, PK? They are lowering... Uh, uh, Some of the scientists. Yeah. yeah. On ropes. They're strung up. They're doing and, that thing I said they were going to do, but with piranhas. But, but with piranhas. Instead, we're doing a giant mutant kraken, right? Yeah. Do Professor Dunstan! Phil Einstein, the biologist! Wait a minute. Phil Einstein? Professor Dunstan. Uh-huh. And just Phil Einstein? No, put a pin in that. No doctorate? He's a biologist. He doesn't have a doctor. You can't give the name. The guy, he's not The man to didn't go to college to be called Phil. <laughs> like, why does she specifically not say Dr. Einstein? Phil Einstein, the biologist. She doesn't respect biologists. And he's like, come on, I want to die. You're not going to give me the doctor thing? She's, she's, a, she's a hard scientist. She's like, you know, she works oh. in, in, in physics. Oh, and stuff. Math. She doesn't respect... The organic Organic stuff. science. Well, they're not going to be respected organically very much either. <laughs> oh, I'm on my life! Help! Help! As they're lowered down to these snapping eel mouths, and they just get fucking shredded up. Yeah. yeah! As Skank... Uh, Jenna's got her hands over her ears and her head down, and Skank is saying to them, Eat hearty, mother! <clears throat> Plenty more where that came from. Where and, they came from. And now Jenna has, like, her hands in her, twisted through her locks as, as tears are running down That's her face. That's the most damsel in distress face I've it, ever literally seen. Literally that. And Skank has the line first. He's saying... What do her, you say now, Genomatrix? <clears throat> we got four of your friends on board. <clears throat> Shall I start Mother's second course? No, please. I I'll do what you ask. She's, like, pulling her hair with tears running down her face. She's literally, like, ripping her hair out. As was... Tuscarosa leads her away... 
Uh, and Tuscarosa, by the way, twice the size of a normal man. So yeah, Tuscarosa, by the way, a fucking giant. He is huge beyond all measure. And Skank says, Good! Put her to work, Tuscarosa. And now we have a very cool little panel here. Yeah. It is the skyline of Mega City 1 with the big face of, of Captain Skank over, like, looming over it in the background, as he says... Once she's finished, Captain Skank will be ready to challenge the might of Mega City One. And then next, Prog PK, Nuclear Skankin. <laughs> That's the line. <laughs> nuclear Skankin. Oh man, let's talk about this, shall we? Don't turn the page. Hold that there. Let's talk about Prog 197 PK, Pirates of the Black Atlantic Part One. It. It had to have been something else in 1981. <laughs> <laughs> Nuclear skanking. That's what we got. Skank didn't mean that yet. <laughs> so, settings and places. We have Carib, or Carib, an underwater nuclear fortress left over from the last war. Hold the on to that. nuclear war? I mean, I'm guessing so. The germ war? Uh, put a pin in it. We're going to come back to that. <laughs> we have the Hans Haas, a Mega City 1 research vessel. Um, Hans Haas, as it turns out, I did not know this, born January 23rd, 1919, died June 16th, 2013. Oh, shit. Was an Australian biologist and underwater diving pioneer. Okay, I have heard of this guy. He was known mainly for being among the first scientists to popularize coral reefs, stingrays, octopuses, and sharks. Did he do something with Jacques Cousteau? Uh, he pioneered the making of documentaries filmed underwater and led the, to the development of a type of rebreather. He is also known for his Energon theory and his uh, commitment to protecting the environment. So, good cool guy. guy. Yeah. Good, good, good reference, Australian? right? Australian? Australian. Oh, yeah. um, and then we have a mention of, just a mention of twice, the Cuban Wastes. Yeah. First mention of this shit, I guess Cuba got pretty, hit pretty hard, as I imagine most islands would, what with the ocean being straight up poison and all. Right. Like, all your food on an island comes from the from ocean. the ocean, yeah. So, unless you're deciding to eat those mutant three-eyed octopus krakens that you're fishing off the dock, you're probably not going to go yeah, for that and shit. Yeah, and lines have very limited fresh water. We don't know if Cuba got directly hit or not. All we know is it's the Cuban wastes Wait. now. Um, characters. We have Captain Skank, leader of the Muty Pirates on Carib, believes his mother is a sea monster. You know, standard stuff. Just a mad, crazy pirate. And an interesting villain. It's been a while since we heard of just a crazy guy. We've got... When was... Cal was the last insane villain? Cal was insane. Uh... You could make the the argument the that the Angel family were crazy, some, they but were they were crazy. -ish. They were, they um, had plots. They made they didn't, they weren't just like Pharaoh. Phil Pharaoh was insane. Phil Pharaoh was insane. He, he, he wanted to die and he got his wish. That was like You're the right. last craziest guy, I would say. Um, but you know, I love the the theme of it's not just pirates. It's not just cyborg pirates. It's mutant cyborg, cyborg pirates. pirates. Like, we got three descriptors. Three Let's... different themes <laughs> going at the same time. It's a lot. Um, we have Tuscarosa, the vicious. Second in command to pirate... Uh, second in command under Captain Skank. He has massive tusks, which he can use as weapons, like a warthog. Yeah, that's you exactly what I thought of was a you, warthog. You never see orcs in World of Warcraft using that shit no. as a weapon. Well, they're kind of, the tusks are kind of smaller. I guess... Old world orcs, maybe, but you just never see it. You just never see it. I don't Trolls know. got big tusks. Maybe they could use. Maybe them trolls would be more so to do it. 
Uh, we also see the Council of Five again, including Chief Judge Griffin, SJS Leader McGruder, Judge X, Leader of Side Division, Deputy Chief Judge Pepper, and Judge Quimby, Head of Accounting. But we also see in the room a few unfamiliar faces, including a Judge Lowly, who's the guy with the mustache. He yeah. looks kind of like a uh, uh, guy who Dread killed. I can't believe I'm going to do this. I don't, I don't remember it for the life of me. I can't believe I don't remember it. Characters. Where is it? Uh, Lopez. Lopez. Jesus, I couldn't That's get it. That's right. I got it. From, from the judge child. Gone but not forgotten, except I clearly forgot him. We forgot um, him. We also have General Matrix, uh, a nuke boffin. I'm going to come back to that. That's where's, gotta be a scientist. Where's a ridiculous headpiece? A puffin. A puffin is <laughs> A puffin. Where's a ridiculous headpiece slash tiara to let us know she lives in the future? And is a scientist. And specifically, she does not enjoy watching her crewmates crewmates eat alive. Oh, good for her. I, I don't know. I don't think anyone should, but I'm glad she specifically does not enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. It clearly means, does not. We also get to meet briefly Professor Dunstan and Phil Einstein, the biologist. <laughs> Researchers aboard Hans Haas who are captured and fed Sorry, to Mother. Einstein was a nuclear physicist. Uh, he was. And his namesake is now a biologist yeah. and not respected at all. Not respected nearly enough on his death Phil! Yeah, on his death rope, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Items technology of note. We have a giant underwater sea fortress, which was abandoned after the last war, which I am assuming was with Russia. Which is interesting since we haven't specifically said in the comment in, in the comic up to this point, we have not specifically said that World War Three was with us and the USSR. No, we have not said that. It has not been specified. But we have had some inclinations because we still have some bad blood with the stove cities. Yes, we have. But that could just be like the Red Scare stuff that's coming in like the 1980s it in is 1980s. our world. That could be, but, yeah, that could be fiction or non-fiction bleeding through. The USSR hadn't collapsed yet. Right. Um, there has been Gorbachev was there. There has been hostilities between Sov cities and Mega City 1, but we don't know how much of the, our country's or the country's history they have with each other. Right. We do it's know... Just kind, it's just kind of implied. We do know that Bad Bob Booth was the one to push the button. The button. And yeah. we know that there was internal power struggles like a civil war in the U.S. between the judges and the military because there was the leftover of the army of the damned, the robots That's that right. fought against the judges. So, And the, the robots were controlled by Bad Bob Booth, apparently. So we didn't know who... We don't really know who World War III was being fought against, but we're assuming... Russia and... They're the big nuclear power, right? Yeah. So we're assuming at least Russia and, and U.S. Um, also, we know small footnote each underwater fortress is equipped with over 500 nuclear missiles well i mean that's the thing it was uh, in the cold war they had that stockpiling yeah stock weapons stockpiling they had nuclear weapons by proxy like that's why they were putting nuclear weapons in cuba oh yeah russia was and why yep. we we're putting them in turkey yep so we could fire if like they fired nuclear weapons from cuba at us we can fire them <clears> from <throat> turkey at russia it is it was a it was a cold crisis. war of, like let's put some nuclear missiles near them to scare them yeah and it's it's still a threat, and I, th I think I read somewhere, because I did some research on nukes, um, that, uh, again, just putting myself on every possible FBI watch list I can imagine. Um, but I think that I read somewhere that, like, at, at its peak of, like, when the, the Red Scare was going on, that the most amount of nukes on the planet was, like, 13,000 in some. And I'm like, that's... Dude, that had to be before the start. So training. much overkill. Because then we have start and start two, which is trying to reduce the number of warheads. Yeah, and we've a lot of countries are committed to it, which is fantastic. And I'm all for it. We also see, uh, good, good for you. I'm glad you're for it. If you weren't I, for it, you know, 
I'm all for less nuclear weapons. <laughs> he came out and said it, folks. He took the hard line. All right, wait a minute. Are you a Democrat? I'm against it. Fuck that. I'm kidding. Uh, item technology of note. Four finned shark torpedoes that are actually personnel carriers. Pretty cool. That was a pretty fucking cool thing. I wonder if you've got a Lego set I used to have where they had like, I had like the submarine. It had like little submarines on the side that would shoot out and had like one guy in them. Oh yeah, like per personally driven torpedoes, right? Yeah. Um, we also see that Mega City One appears to use ships with solar panels for sails, which is a pretty cool idea and also gives the ship a kind of a classic galley look while yeah, being technologically like has, like, advanced, right? Yeah, it looks like it has sails. Yeah. Um, this ship also uses a solar-powered defense system, which seems like it could be a problematic during nighttime, or if anything happens to them, but whatevs, you know. We see geothermal power and solar power. Solar yes. power. Remember the power tower, yeah? Yeah. Geothermal was a But big we thing. haven't seen nuclear power, <laughs> or... We talk a lot about oil. We, I mean, oil is used in robots, we yeah. know that. From um, Texas City. Uh, yeah, from Texas City, the oil. But we know that robots use oil. We know that geothermal is energy is used because of the uh, power tower. Power tower, and they specify in that prog that was the Father Earth arc. Yeah. They specify that they reduced their dependency on nuclear power after the bombs fell. That's right. So there, there shouldn't be that much nuclear power going around. I think um, why had the ships nuclear power. I'm surprised. I was thinking of Fallout, where it's like everything was... Everything the, the little nuclear. miniature nuclear things and the <laughs> yeah. cars. Everything is nuclear, right? Yeah. It's a... What's that called? It's not nuclear tech. It's nuke punk. I forget what it's called. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Atomic um, punk. Atomic punk. That's it. Yes. Uh, we also see the Justice Hover vehicles again. Hey, yeah. they're back. That Ter makes sense to go out. It makes sense to be a, a scout on the coast, right? Terrible slang. Made up words. Judge Dread one-liners. Boffin. Not... Okay, okay. I think I know... Where Boffin may have came from. Okay. Was it? Is it Star Wars where they say like X amount of Boffins? Boffins. 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 It's B O T H A N in Star Wars. Yeah, Boffins. Boffins. Many Boffins died to bring us this information. And that's not true at all because that we should have Rogue One, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, unless Rogue One, like they say, oh, we got these plans from a Boffin or so. I don't know. They might have said that. But Boffin, B O F F I N. Uh, the definition is a person engaged in scientific or technical research or a person with a knowledge or skill considered to be complex, arcane, and difficult. So she's a nuke buff and she is a nuke specialist, basically. Okay. So fits. My personal favorite line, though, has to be the tagline at the end of this prog. Nuclear skanking. Just good times, man. Not just good times. I have there's, a number of questions. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. I love it. Uh, monsters, though. First monster we've had in a, in a long, long while, while, right? Skank's mother. And it's a bit, it's Miss a great skank. one. Uh, mother skank, just mother. What a design, though. A colossal three-eyed octopus kraken whose tentacles branch into multi-headed snakes. Mother is an awesome monster. Yeah. Uh, that's, you want to give a good monster? We got to have a good showdown with Dread between Dread and the monster, right? Oh, he's going to shoot the thing in the third eye. Oh, uh, the third eye. Just that one, though. Um, world building. Okay. So the Council of Five, hear me out. Right. The Council of Five knew about Captain Skank beforehand. They considered him a nuisance. Saying he was just a nuisance, but that he was operating out of an abandoned nuclear fortress with access to over 500 nuclear weapons. Okay, okay. And nobody bothered okay, dealing okay. with that. Okay, okay, devil's advocate for a second. Is this the Republican mentality of, right. it's not a problem until it's my problem it's kind of thing? Devil's advocate for it. Devil's advocate. All right, all right. Imagine there's a bunch of dumb cavemen. Mutants are dumb. They live out. Yeah, they're not educated. Okay. They don't know how technology works. Okay. And they're living in a uh, you know a uh, a place that can launch you know Sam. Yeah. 
Do you? They don't. They don't know how fucking buttons work. Are you gonna worry about that? That's that makes They're me cavemen, even more worried. And the missiles don't work. No. Here's the thing. All it takes no is them to years. accidentally do some shit, like bang on something enough, and then we're fucked. Like all it takes is someone pressure and time, pressure and time. And someone just being like, I'm gonna find out what's in this thing. It's it's Waterworld. They had all those like dumb pirates on the ship, like oh, they call it like go go juice instead of gasoline. Jesus Christ. I and the guy's like flicking his cigarette. It is such a stupid idea to ever let any like it's, it's pirates. There's not there's not thousands of them. And you can't blow up the base, you gotta take it by four like send robots down. Yeah. Like fucking A, dude. Um, so all I have to do is breach one part of it. It's underwater. It's and yeah. The black Atlantic comes flooding in. They're all gonna unless they're mutants and they can live through the, the pollution. You know what? That's a very good point. That that could be a very honest thing. Um, also, we do Chief, Chief Judge Griffin transfers Dread to the Atlantic Land. Division. Yeah. Mission. So I'm guessing that Mega C One has regular Navy slash Air Force that patrols the Atlantic. Yeah. Right. The, that makes sense. Yep. Because we've talked about like you know. Uh, Except what. They don't have any jurisdiction in the Black Atlantic. They know they did. It was there was like a, a line that Dread. Remember he broke the law. Yeah, like, I'm extending the border. Yeah, but maybe the Cuban wastes are also claimed by Mega City One. Maybe, maybe that's still territory, or maybe that's neutral territory, and it's like. Maybe their laws aren't enforced out here, so they're just like it's, you know. It's like the the old pirate kingdoms in the Caribbean. Yeah, you know? they, yeah, it, it's it's uh, uh, NASA or or what's it uh, what's it Pir uh, pirates of the Caribbean? It's uh, 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 Tonga. Oh, uh, not uh, fuck, fucking not hey. Tortuga. That's Tortuga. Tortuga. That's it. So it's the Tortuga, effectively. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Um. Oh, so. Dude. Pirates are always awesome. I love anything. I love Tortuga. The first time we go to Tortuga is a great. I great love time. that that fucking Caribbean aesthetic vibe with all the pirates and shit. Oh yeah, There's, it's all it's, over black sails. Uh, 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 fucking like wooden shacks built on um, top of each other in yeah. mass. Uh, it's these, a good time. these fucking wooden shanties with like the the fucking bridges across the Just street. Just nonstop rope bridges everywhere. It's awesome. It's a great aesthetic. Death count this issue. A bunch of sailors died aboard the Hans Haas when it was boarded by the Muni Pirates. We don't mm. know how many. Probably. Oh, uh, probably dozens, uh, if not hundreds, Hundred, maybe. Yeah. Dr. Dunstan and Phil Einstein, the biologist, are fed to mother, and I wonder why Matrix does not call Einstein a doctor himself, despite him being a biologist. How many How many more co-workers did, 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 did Skank did 40. say? 40? They have 40 more co-workers. So they kidnapped at least 40 of them. Yeah. But we don't know the we don't know really know the scale of how big the ship is, what right. the crew is, but I'm yeah. assuming that probably a couple hundred people died on that thing. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about for Pirates of the Black Atlantic Part 1? No, I just, I, I never heard the term boffin before, and it's interesting. I, 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 I knew I had heard something similar to it, and that's boffin. what boffin got me. So, do you want to go on? Ready to yeah, go on? yeah. All right, let me make sure we're recording still. All right, and let's go on to Pirates of the Black Atlantic Part 2. Before you turn that page, this second prog... Uh, Prog 198 was released February 7th of 1981. Script by T.B. Grover, again, John oh, Wagner, man. Alan Grant. Put, him, put a pin in that. Artist is Ron Smith. Letters by Tom Frame. PK, I have a page of yours blocked off on the Yeah, next you one. do. You're not allowed to look at it, okay? It's supposed to be the, this right page? Yes, it's the right-hand page. Yeah, so we're okay. turning the left-hand page here, and we have Pirates of the Black Atlantic Part 2, Nuclear Skank. And it's <laughs> Dread Space... 
with a uh, uh, fucking like Captain Skank floating above him. Yeah, it's like, super. It's like a it's like a uh, an illusion. Thing. Yeah, or, or uh, like Mufasa, and yeah, Lion King, that kind of thing. And PK, go for the narration. Describe what's going on. <laughs> At uh, nine seventeen thirty on the seventh of which is uh, what uh, June. September. It's 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 September. It's 17th. not September. It's February. It's February. It's seventh Feb- of February. So nine seventeen thirty. Oh, right. British time. British dating is different. Yeah. Nine seventeen thirty okay. on the seventh of February. Twenty one oh three. A class K nuclear class K. Yep. Nuclear projectile penetrates Mega City One's laser defense screen. Okay. And we have a nuclear missile. Going towards the Mega, Mega City. City One skyline, and you can see the weird Mega City building with the lemons. The bubbles. On... Yep. And he goes the narration. Seven seconds later, the projectile dips towards the Bob Oppenheimer block. <laughs> the what block, PK? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Bob Oppenheimer. PK. We're all sons of bitches now. We're all sons of bitches now, and we see there are people on the roof in like. Hazmat suits that says "City Death" on their on their shoulder patches. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. Look P- at that grizzled guy. PK, turn the uh, oh, remove that spoiler page. Bob Oppenheimer. Bob Oppenheimer block. And what do we have, PK? Read the narration. Armageddon has arrived. At nine seventeen forty one, Direct District four o three disappears from the face of the earth. And PK. What's happening? Describe. Uh, the nuke hits. The nuke lands on the Bob Oppenheimer block. And a section of Mega City 1 is leveled. And in in the massive mushroom smoke cloud, we see Armageddon has arrived. Yo, there I is... thought the nuclear wars weren't for a couple hundred more progs. PK, a nuke is set off in Mega City 1. That's a hard prog. fucking switch. That's some Cyberpunk 2077 shit. Yeah. Dropping the the what's the, the what's the name of that corporation? The Megacorp. Oh, Arasaka. Arasaka. Dropping the Arasaka the, Tower. Yeah. Uh, let's turn the page, PK. This is our flash forward. Now let's find out how we got here. Record scratch. This is this, this is, is me. I'm the bomb. No, no. We we go back now. PK, if you want to read the narration, upper left hand corner, go for it. Two hours earlier, on a pirate sea fortress beneath the polluted waters of the Black Atlantic. Kidnapped scientist Geno Matrix reports to the pirate leader Captain Skank. We can see that she is talking to the giant form of Captain Skank and uh, the the slightly smaller form of Tusk Tusk Tuscarosa Tuscarosa who's Tuscarosa. sitting in the background. Yeah. Uh, Geno Matrix says, "I have installed warheads and thirty missiles. Now you must keep your promise and spare my colleagues." To which Skank says, "I'll do that, matey." <laughs> Captain Skank has bigger fish to fry. To which he turns to Tuscarosa. Oh, he's in a wetsuit. Oh, yes, that's what he's in. Tuscarosa's in a wetsuit. I thought he was just naked. Yeah, it looked kind of weird. Skank turns to Tuscarosa cheering and says, Tuscarosa, prepare to nuke out Mega City 1. Aye, aye, Captain. And suddenly Genomatrix is crying, My God, no, not Mega City 1. You can't. What did you think was going to happen, lady? What? PK, how could you know this? How could she possibly know? What did he think? What did she think he was going to use the nukes for? <laughs> and what what's Captain Skank say to her? <laughs> what do you think I wanted these warheads for, little lady? <laughs> Shooting sea muting PK, he doesn't make much sense. 
But I'm gonna say in this time he's yeah, right. He's in the right. He's yeah, a crazy what the guy fuck who did thinks, you fucking think? He's a crazy guy who thinks like a giant mutant octopus is his mother. But uh, you and you gave Matrix, him warheads. What did you think was gonna happen? What did you think he was gonna? I did, he just wants to have him to have him. You it's know? that it's that fucking movie Troy. They don't bring their entire army across the ocean just to have a war, just to have a fight with one on one. Yeah. Uh. So PK tubes one through thirty fire. I think Tuscarosa might be saying and. There are 30 nuclear missiles shooting out at the top of the UFO Frisbee disc of, of uh, Carib, above the Black Atlantic, near the waste that was once Cuba. Eh? Again? Yeah. A Justice Department patrol ship in command, Judge Dredd. And we see Dredd is on, of course, like the, the command deck, and there is a little globe screen that has... Bling, 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 like the little blips showing up. It's the fucking... It's the thing, the scene in the movie where it's like... Beep. It's that more missiles show up on the radar. It's, it's the scene from uh, Spaceballs. We got the blips. We got the, <laughs> the sweeps. The sweeps. Uh, and a, ju- a dread, not dread. A judge is saying to Judge Dread. Dread, monitors show thirty missiles bearing 093 and rising. They're heading straight for Mega City One. Computer-controlled lasers flash, and we see that this hover vehicle above the water is like shooting out and, oh, and blowing taking up them a couple okay. of them. They're blowing a couple of them up. Uh, and I think the other guy says, Two are gone. Others out of range. Alert the city. Priority double red. Double red? Double red. That's pretty intense. It's pretty... It, I'm not sure it's like triple black. <laughs> like, this should be the highest code. Uh, along Mega City 1's Atlantic Wall, laser defense teams wait tensely, and we see a couple of judges... Uh, they are looking at an even bigger screen. Another blip. Yep, and someone's, they have headsets on, one of them is saying... <laughs> uh, lasers to maximum range. We've got to vape them before they splinter. Okay, well, so like, they're clustered. Yep. You want to you blow them up you while they're close. Take out, yeah, take them out more than and take we, out more than one at a time. In the background on the wall, we see like the massive cannons that probably are lasers, I guess now, and like radars, dishes. Makes sense. For me, uh, PK, you have to read the narration though, coming up. For many of the city's unemployed millions, the day is just beginning. In District 403's Bob Oppenheimer block. We have a a computer is talking to a couple, a young couple, uh, who are putting on, like, kind of futuristic-looking hazmat suits. Yeah. And the computer says to them, Good morning, Dave and Thelma. The time is 0913, and it's a lovely day. You are late for your city deaf meeting on the block roof. To which the uh, Dave says, <laughs> Out of our way, computer! <laughs> Isn't it great being alive? <laughs> what a great day being alive! Go for the next narration. Each block has its own city deaf defense group. The Bob Oppenheimer block prides itself on having the best. As we see, a group of people, uh, everyone in hazmat suits, is sitting on the roof. Why are they all in hazmat suits? I thought that was because the nuclear weapons were coming, but they don't know that they're coming. Yeah, that's a good point, PK. Is it because that's the weather? The the. Well, they control the weather. You're right. Let's, maybe we'll find out. Let's find out. Are we going to find out, Andy? Uh. <laughs> okay, PK, PK. What, if you had to guess, why, why would they be the, wearing hazmat suits? The Bob Oppenheimer block is named that because it's very radioactive. That's I don't know why people would live there. It's, you're squinting really hard at me as though you can't see me. <laughs> uh, it's. Uh, uh, we'll find out. Let's find out. Okay, okay. So yeah. Dave and Thelma is it reached just the pollution roof. outside. They don't like it. Dave and Thelma have reached the roof and there's a group up there. One person has a megaphone. Everyone has hazmat suits on. Sorry we're late, Maury. To which Maury with the megaphone responds, "Don't be sorry. Just be here. Remember, city death is a matter of life and death." As Maury, we have like a close-up on his face and he's got like weird eyes and a wart and a couple warts. Yeah, yeah go for him. 
Today we're talking about how to survive a nuclear attack. It's a drill. <laughs> They're drilling oh for how to survive God. a They're nuclear attack. They're drilling at the Bob Oppenheimer <laughs> block while a nuke is actually heading towards them. So became The biggest! <laughs> this is the joke we're going with? Put a pin in this. The... F <laughs> the biggest killer in Mega City 1. Irony, man. Irony! Ironic death. Always. Always. Dude, if you live in the Charles Darwin dot block, you're gonna turn into a monkey. You live in the Bob Oppenheimer block, you're gonna get nuked. nuked into the fucking ground. This is what happens. Oh my god. On the Atlantic Wall, a network of laser beams is intercepting the oncoming attack, and we have a bunch of missiles that are getting shot out of the air as with lasers, and they're blowing up. As we see the domed, uh, the edge of the domed city, there's like a laser defense grid kind of thing, right? Yeah. And people are saying, targets one through three, vate. Uh, quadrant eight, now clearly just joining with, uh, quad seven. <laughs> Pretty casual reading. T target 16, veering south, intensify laser mesh quadrant four. Each missile carried 50 independently functioning warheads. Yo! PK. Look at what what is happening here. The fucking the the dick, <laughs> the, the tip the, of the missile, the tip of the penis splits apart. Yeah, shooting jizz. It's spraying fifty other nuclear warheads out of it. It is a missile coming, baby jizz. Oh my god! It is that is a dick coming. That is. That is literally, again, the fucking Looney Tunes bullet that opens up. That's literally what it is from <laughs> Duck Dodgers in the 24th and a half century. It's, it's, he shoots the bullet, the bullet rides up to the guy, pulls out like some boxing gloves and punches him in the face. But there's like multiple nukes. Yeah. And someone's saying, Splitter! Splitter! We have a splitter on target 16! Maximum laser mesh! Because uh, you had one target that now became 50. That's yeah. a problem. Um, Holy shit, they launched 30 warheads, each containing 50 warheads. Yeah, that's that's a problem. Go for... Uh, this could destroy the world. Uh, PK, put a pin in that. Um, Put a pin in that. Flip the page, shall we? Okay, well, okay. warheads PK. are of, of different... Yes, I, there, there are, are different handheld nuclear warheads yeah. that can blow up a building. Yeah. In, in this universe or in our universe? In our universe. I have never heard of the this. The Davy Crockett. I have never heard of this. That's it's terrifying. terrifying. Look it up. I don't want to. I looked up the Tsar Bomb and the and, and oh, Batman and Little Boy today. I was the Tsar Bomb is the biggest nuclear warhead in the world. Ever detonated. 500 times bigger than the Fat Man and Little Boy. We're going to go into it. We're okay. going to go. I, I looked up some stuff today. Because I saw it in Mulligan Solid 3. In Mulligan Solid 3, it takes place in the 60s. Yeah. At, just after the World War II. Mm -hmm. The Cold War is just beginning. And the guy shows up with a portable nuclear nuclear launcher, like a, like a rocket launcher with a nuclear warhead on it. Like, this is ridiculous. This is too sci-fi. That could never exist. Come on, now. It was real. It was real in the 60s. Jesus Christ. I don't, at, at that point, you're firing a nuke at point blank. You're... He fired it from a helicopter. You're still not going to be far enough away. And it blew up, it blew up a, little re, a little research lab called Grozny Grad. Wow, you got good memory for it. I love Millionaire Solid 3. Let's look, let's go for the narration here, PK. What's happening? As all the nukes are blowing up, and we the have laser, one in the laser defense, one makes it through. Go for it. But no defense screen was foolproof. In this case, the damage could would only be, thankfully, minimal. It's Dr. Manhattan, the Dr. Manhattan thing. If one nuclear missile got through. <laughs> as simple as that. Yeah. Only one warhead got through. And on the Bob Oppenheimer block... Where they are drilling! Where they're drilling for a nuclear attack. We have uh, Maury has the line, PK. Go for it. Okay, next question. What do you do to protect yourself 
against Fallout. Third, sandbag the lobby. Right, Winnie. Hide under a wet mattress, Maury. Good thinking, Dave. Uh, and Dave, however, is not paying attention. He's looking up into the sky, <laughs> and Maury that. has the line. What's that? He's like, oh, what? He's got this, uh, you know, shade. Dave, you're not paying attention again. Uh, sorry, Maury. Just looking at that funny glowing ball in the sky. The uh, what? <laughs> and Maury has the next line below it as the missile is bearing right down on their fucking heads. Forget about glowing balls, you dumb dumb. We're talking about sur survival here. <laughs> Nuclear survival. And PK, the fucking missile blows them up. Yeah. Um, we, we have the four panels that are horrifically fucked up. Oh my god. Yeah. PK, describe it from left to right. It gets worse and worse. Go from left to right, describe and read narration. Okay. Okay, panel one. No narration. Yeah. Uh, just the, the scene we had seen before. The mushroom, the gigantic mushroom cloud and the shockwaves at the base of it going through the buildings. Yep. At least... At least blocks shaking, and blocks. Yeah, right? at least knocking them down. Yeah. Maybe the later ones just get like a rumble or whatever. This is a major metropolitan area. This is terrifying. This yeah. is the worst case. This scenario. is Watchmen. Yeah. This is oh, I mean, yeah. But it, I would say it's even worse. I think a denser population. Yeah. It's even denser than that. It's eight hundred million. Eight hundred million? So keep going. Next one. Next panel. It shows these buildings just uh, just all that's left of them is like the steel girders for a split second. They're like vaporizing. They're vaporizing. Go for the narration below. Within a fraction of a second, the temperature the temperature around the block is as hot as, as the core of the sun. But then, of course, Bob Oppenheimer's city death had ceased to exist. And the next panel, we have bricks and people in just Skyborne. Like, just being blown back. That guy is melting. There's a man who is melting. By the way, PK... Children's comic. Children's comic. This is a children's comic. Yo, people. It was the eighties, though. People were scared of nukes, and they had good reason to be because it was a, it was a nuclear time. It was a nuclear time. Go for the narration. As the white the white hot fireball expands and rises, a wave of compressed air blasts outward at a colossal speed. Within a race of ten miles, there is total destruction. Ten miles. Ten miles to the epicenter. Yeah. All those fucking mega buildings. PK. This is gonna kill. More people than Judge Cal did. Yeah. 10 million? We're gonna find out. Uh, describe the last of these four panels, PK. Uh, it's more people melting, as yep. what happened due to the severe heat yep. of a nuclear bomb. Yep. Uh, there's a there's, there's a guy with missing half his face. Yep. There's a guy holding the upper half of his face. I can only assume the top half is melted away. Yep. There's, there's dead a lady, bodies. Th there's someone laying down there, also flesh melting. It's... Fucked up. Dude. I've seen Barefoot Gone. I've seen I've seen Hunter Hunter. This is out of like that end scene of of Watchmen kind of esque. It's yeah. pretty crazy. I have actually. a I have a thing to show you later about Hunter Hunter and nuclear missiles, nuclear bombs. I would not expect that. Oh man. Go go for the last bit of narration here. Those outside the, this radius are somewhat more fortunate, suffering only from blindness, irreparable irreparable cell damage. And sickening radiation burns. So those people are going to live that we're looking at. The ones that are missing half their face and, like, clutching their eyes and melting. Yeah. Fucking A. This is a fucking children's comic. We're going to get back to that. So we cut back to the funny pirates, shall we? How about the tone of this fucking comic, huh? Dude, this is, there's mood whiplash and then there's this. 
<laughs> there's mood whiplash. I've never heard of that term before. It's a trope I've read. That's a fucking... That's what we're at right now is mood whiplash. On the pirate craft. We have Tuscarosa's, like, grinning, and he's, like, pointing at a at a map over his shoulder that's, like, or a sonar thing, or and it's, like, a little explosion yeah. on the thing. Boom. Yeah. One detonation, Captain. Uh, somewhere on the south side. And Jenna is just... Freaking out, Captain Skanks laughing in the background, Jenna says. Jenna. My lord, it's happened. But but why? What will it gain you? And now she's on her knees beseeching Skank. You've killed mi millions! Millions! The judges will never let you get away with it. They'll hunt you down, destroy you. To which Skank's reply is... Not me, matey. Ugh. Skank. I am Skank and I stay Skank. No, skank I am, and skank I stays. Skank I am, and skank I stays. Skank I'll be for all my days. And she just, her eyes are like rolling back, and she's like clutching her head and crying. He's mad! Stark's staring mad! And I helped him! Oh my god, what have I done?! I'm just gonna build these nuclear missiles. I'm I mean, sure I'm, nothing bad will happen. There's nothing, what, what else did you think was gonna happen, lady? Um, now... On the nuclear, as the nuclear cloud mushrooms above the city, weather control move in to deal with the fallout. As we see, like, a bunch of, like, kind of satellite flying ships. Yeah, they look, they look kind of like airborne, like the, 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 the helicarriers from, from Marvel, the shield. Yeah, and they, they, they also kind of look like the, the Justice One hover ships, but they're, like, shooting rays or some kind into the, okay. into the, the cloud. They must be, like, trying to blow the nuclear, the radiation fallout cloud out to sea. Or contain it or, contam or stop the contamination. I don't yeah. know. I'm going to write to that down. To prevent fallout. Yeah. Weather control takes care of that. That's interesting. All right. Um, while on the Black Atlantic, we have a Judge Carter yeah. is talking to Judge Dredd uh, over his shoulder. We're over the launch point now, Dredd. Close all hatches. Convert to sub-sea status. Oh, so it's like a cool uh, uh, ship. It turns into a submersible. Yeah. And it's Justice Department on the side, and it, it looks like kind of like a spaceship now. And it dives under the ocean. Let's get those murdering scum! Next prog. Terminal skank? A terminal skank. PK, let's, let's talk about this, shall we? Yeah, mood whiplash. That is a fucking phrase for this goddamn comic, isn't it? Yo, like, millions. That's our biggest death count. Two, two, a prog ago, we had balancing pirates on a dead man. And and we have now... They were singing and dancing and drinking beers. It's suddenly a lot less funny, right? But also so kind of funny, the fact of how irreverent it is. Settings and places. We have it's that moment that happened, like the, the joke villain does something terrible. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, it's something you take them a lot more seriously, right? Yeah. They do that sometimes ineffectively in a lot of comics, don't they? Ineffectively. Like, I've seen that happen effectively a few times, too. Like what? Oh, man, now I can't think I'm of sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't put you, mean to put you on the spot. Settings and places. District 403 is home to the Bob Oppenheimer There block. was this Go for anime it. called Blood Plus. And there's this, I've heard of Blood Plus. There's this campy gay vampire guy... Who's always like flouncing about, and you know, everyone's always kind of, everyone, he's a villain, and all yeah. the other villains kind of pick on him. Okay. And like, be serious, James, or whatever. I, I think James was his name. Okay. But uh, at the end of the series, um, like, all the bad guys are losing, and the good guys are closing in on him. He's like, just watching the their, their main bad guy on, who's like, who is a diva named Diva. Mm -hmm. And he's like, watching her sing, and he's like, we have to get out of here. Get her ready to go right now. And he goes, if you talk to me that way again, I'll rip your throat out. Whoa. <laughs> 
Interesting. Yeah. All right. Like, so never you, speak to me like that. Little, little intimidating out of nowhere. Yeah, the, 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 like the the guy who was in charge, second in charge before we suddenly go, oh, like slinks away. Oh shit! I forget. There's a vampire I'm talking to, right? Um, the Bob Oppenheimer block we have. What other city block is there, PK, that would get nuked? Um. The, the Charlton Heston block. No, not the Charlton well, Heston block. He did Planet of the Apes. Okay. Which was about nuclear fault, which was about nuclear apocalypse. You know what? You could have had the the, the ape, the, the, the caveman thing, and the nuclear fall in the Charlton Heston one, and it would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. That's kind of funny. Um, Like, would you move to a... Here's the question. I'd never though. live anywhere named Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah. Would you move to a block called the John Wayne Gacy block. <laughs> no! Because you get murdered by a killer clown. That's why. And you would, it would be your fault, too. Like, yeah. No shit. You the moved. Jeffrey Dahmer block. Oh, you got eaten. Sure hope no one eats me. <laughs> it's like, if you get eaten and you live in the Jeffrey Dahmer block, you, you only have yourself to you blame. You have, there is a portion of it that's your fault, right? Like yeah. That's, that's, it's par partially your fault. But... I did have. There's an, an Oppenheimer movie coming out actually soon. I've, I saw that. There's a. a I saw. I saw a a, a, a a poster for it. It was really cool. It was a guy like Oppenheimer walking away from the, the mushroom cloud. And but, I know we, earlier we said uh, we're all sons of bitches now, which is according to what I've heard. That's what he really said after the after the nuke watch. And everyone says I'm you know the the line is I'm become death destroyer of worlds. I've got it right here actually. But I've heard what he really said was it was we're all now sons, sons of, of bitches, bitches now. now. Yep. Uh, I have... I don't know how true either one is, but that's what I've heard. That's I've heard both. Um, I'm a little bit of... Uh, uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer, um, born April 22nd, 1904. In Massachusetts? Oh, I don't, I don't know that. February, uh, died February 18th, 1967, was an American theoretical physicist who was a professor of physics you at the University of California, Berkeley. Okay, I thought it was MIT. Uh, Oppenheimer was the wartime head of the Los Alamos Laboratory and is among those who are credited with being the father of the atomic bomb for their role in the Manhattan Project, the World War II undertaking that developed the first nuclear weapons. Oppenheimer was among those who observed the Trinity test in New Mexico, where the yeah. first atomic bomb was successfully detonated on July 16, 1945. I was born in New York. It's also terrifying to think Not that, Massachusetts. Like, like, to think of all the things we didn't know and were backwards about as a society, but also had access to nuclear power at that time. Like, it's terrifying. Yeah. It's like children having a gun. It's, it's insane. Um... He later remarked that the explosion brought to mind the words from the Baga, Bhagavada, uh, Bhagava, Bhagavad Gita. Uh, now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. From Buddha Shivata. Yep. Uh, in, or Shiva the destroyer, right? Shiva the destroyer, you're right. In August 1945, the weapons were used in the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. After the war ended, Oppenheimer became chairman of the influential Gen uh, General Advisory Committee on the newly created United States Atomic Energy Commission. Uh, he used that position to lobby for in international control of nuclear power to avert nuclear proliferation and a nuclear arms race with the Soviet Union. He opposed the development of the hydrogen bomb during the 1949-1950 governmental debate on the question and subsequently took stances on defense-related issues that provoked the ire of some factions in the U.S. government and military. Um, so he was actively like against the bomb afterwards, which is, I guess, in some ways him with, you know, making up for trying to make up for what for he did for inventing right? it yeah mm -hmm. 
During the second Red Scare, those stances, together with past associations with Oppenheimer, had with people and organizations affiliated with the Communist Party. Not him, but him affiliation with people who were affiliated. So it's like uh, once removed. He it led him. Names. It led him to suffering the revocation of his security clearance in a much written about hearing in 1954. Effectively stripping, stripped of his direct political influence, he continued to, to lecture, write, and work in physics. Nine years later, Pro President John F. Kennedy awarded and Lyndon B. Johnson presented him with the Enrico right. Fermi Award as a gesture of political rehabilitation. Because John F. Kennedy was only president for like a year. Yeah, he was assassinated, and and Johnson to pick it up and present Lyndon it to him, Johnson. Basically. Yeah. Uh, Oppenheimer's achievements in physics included the Born-Oppenheimer approximation for molecular wave functions, work on the theory of electrons and positrons, and the Oppenheimer-Phillips process in nuclear fusion, which, and the first prediction of quantum tunneling. So we have quantum tunneling to think of for Interesting. him. Interesting. Uh, with his students, he also made important contributions to the modern theory of neutron stars and black holes, as well as to quantum mechanics, quantum field theory, and the interactions of cosmic rays. As a teacher and prom promoter of science, he is remembered as a founding father of the American School of Theoretical Physics that gained world prominence in, in the 1930s. After World War II, he became director of the Institute for Advanced Study in Princeton, New Jersey. So... He did a lot with his life besides that, but it's unfortunately he is like known as the father of the. But you fuck fire. one goat, uh, and suddenly you're just the goat fucker, right? <laughs> have like, you heard that joke? I have not. What's There's that? this guy. He's like, he's like wandering through Scotland, uh -huh. and he sees this guy sobbing. He's like, you know, holding his head in his hand. He goes, "What's wrong?" He goes, "You see that bridge down there? Yeah. I built it." But do they call me? Do they call me Charlie the Bridge Builder? No. <laughs> you see that well in the middle of town? I dug that well. They come and try the well digger? No! <laughs> but you fuck one goat! Wow! I have not heard that joke before, but I knew what it was coming. I knew it was coming. Yeah. That's pretty fun. That's uh, of course that'd be in Scotland, right? Or Ireland. Uh, yeah, there. whatever. Uh characters. We have Judge Carter can be seen in the Justice Department ship with Dread out on the Black Atlantic. Not many other characters are introduced. We've seen everyone else, Tuscarosa, Skank, General right. Matrix. Uh, items technology of note. General Matrix repaired and installed. 30 nuclear missiles, each equipped with 50 independently functioning warheads, making for a grand total of 1,500 nuclear missiles. And she did it in a very small amount of time. PK? Which leads me to think, what was wrong with the warheads? They were, were they deteriorating from Half-Life? That doesn't make much sense, because no. that, you can't just repair that. You need yeah. nuclear, you new need nuclear, nuclear fission material. Yeah. So, PK, how many warheads do you think... It would take to end the world. Oh, it takes like what? Fifty? Uh, 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 depending, depending on the size of them. Yeah. The a the average. I heard it takes warhead, about a hundred the size of her of Fat Man, Little Boy. It's a hundred is the correct answer. So about four of these missiles would have ended the world. Unless, like I said, they're miniature nuclear warheads, like Davy Crockett's. This is a ten-mile radius explosion. Oh We're shit! Get you're right. We're gonna get to that. Fuck. So yeah, these are. I'm, not, I'm, I'm gonna get to that, but these are bigger than the Tsar bomb, than the Tsar bomb. These are bigger than that. So, we're gonna get to that. Um, item technology of note, Mega City 1 has a laser defense grid designed to vaporize incoming missiles before they reach the city proper. That hey, could come in handy later. Could come in handy, you know. Because I, I know there's an art called Nuclear War, Nuclear Apocalypse. apocalypse something like that. Uh, the nukes come involved more than once. Yeah, they're gonna come right? back. They're gonna come back, I guarantee it. The Justice Department hover ships are capable of turning into submarines, or at least some of them are submersible, we see. And what are those birds that fly and swim? Cormorants. Wow. 
Impressive. <laughs> You're the biologist <laughs> now, <laughs> Einstein. Looks like the science guy now. Looks like the science guy now. I love that bit. Uh, we also know weather control is in control uh, is is in charge of. I was maintaining the radiation that would happen because I thought okay they have weather control they can take care and of the nuclear, nuclear fallout. cloud. Yep, they should use weather control to push that out to sea. Uh, or, or just I don't know shoot rays into it that stop the fissionable material well, you radiation. Can... You know. <sighs> It's a giant nuke cloud of fallout. You can theoretically. I mean, what happens when you get when you get radiation on you? They wash it down with soap and water. It's not gonna do a hell but of they a could lot. Have, they could have purification rays in the future. I don't know. For all they we know, they could have radiation. Uh, we don't know, but I, I'm assuming they have some means of doing it because they're able to keep the radiation out of Mega City One in the first place. Because you've seen Indiana Jones for when he when he's in the fridge and he comes out. They just they spray him with water, and that's you'll be fine. You played Fallout when you get sprayed with the water, and the... I've I've watched Chernobyl, and that is not how that works <laughs> at all. They they spent a couple of months. I thought there's that one scene where like uh, I forget what the guy's name is, the guy who plays Moriarty in, in oh, the new uh, yeah uh, Sherlock Holmes. fucking uh, Price from uh, Mad Men. Yeah, he he basically says like the the uh, Skarsgård is saying to him like well, we're here. He's like yeah, we'll be dead in five years. It's yeah. like. Oh, yeah, I wasn't aware yourselves. that this was like a suicide mission, apparently. Like, yeah, yeah, we're going to be dead in five years. That's insane. Um, yeah, radiation is highly poisonous. Radiation's real bad for you. Real, real bad. I ever learned, Don't touch it. Did you ever hear about... I read uh, I read the story and like watched a video about the guy who... Um, there was a, I think it was Japan or China. It might have been China. A guy who was like fully exposed to like a core one time. And they did... The, the government had him. And they... They did everything in their power to keep him alive against his wishes, to study what would happen to him, despite him begging to, to, die. Be, to die. And he basically he lived, so much fucking pain. He lived until he melted, basically. He was like Imagine alive. being burning. Like, he was like 90% like morphine at that point. It was insane. It was just uh, the most inhumane thing I've ever heard of in my life. It's, my there's, it's fucked up. It's insane. Nuclear shit is terrifying. He's like Dr. Manhattan, but always in pain. Always until he melts. the worst. It's Meltman. No, Meltman with the power to melt. This this episode's tone is all over the place. So uh, is this prom. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Terrible slang. Made up words. Judge Dread one-liners. I love Skank's reply is... What do you think we want the warheads for, little lady? Shoot like, down muty goals! Like, you know, honestly, fair point. Yeah. How did she not consider this? Like, what did you think was going to happen? Oh, 40 lives versus the end of the world. I'm sorry, but you and your friends have to die. It's it's the trolley <laughs> thing, but it's a really easy version of the trolley 40 problem. versus over 10 million. Like, dude, I'll, you could, yeah, just kill us. Torture us, fine. It's the rest of the world that's dead. I mean, you're not. we're not going to do that. Um, also fo closely followed up with Terminal Skank. I love that. Uh, <laughs> careful, don't spray. And also the, not me, me matey. Skank I am, skank I stay, skank I'll be for all my days. He's insane. He's he's literally like he's, pants on head. He's like a joker. I'll give this. Guy's got confidence. No yeah. repercussions, right? No, no worries. Well, maybe he just knows about... he's going to die and just doesn't give a fuck. He's like, I killed... I just killed a hundred million people. Who, whoever I'm going to meet forever. I'll be impressed if it's not. I know the answer, but it should be in the millions. When I was at this point, I'm like, it should be in the millions. Easily. They said they they dropped millions already. Yeah, I'm going to say ten. I'm, okay, all right. We'll see. We'll see where it says. I, they will specify. I promise you, we will get a body count in this uh, prog or the fourth prog. Uh, it might be in the fourth prog. I okay, think. then I'll um, just wait. 
Monster, monsters, we have a mention of muty gulls. I assume there are muty mutant gulls. Mutant seagulls. Mutant seagulls. I'm imagining they're kind of like the... You ever see the uh, uh, Cloudy the Chance of Meatballs? Oh, he puts yeah. wings on rats. And <laughs> it's like, well, great. Now we got wings. I bet just like a seagull, but like 5,000 times bigger. Oh, oh like a rock. Oh, it's a rock? <laughs> just like, I thought like... just a big seagull? I was thinking like a, a regular <laughs> seagull, but like not regular. And, and, and give it two heads... Like six feet, four wings, and like just. Oh! I just want. A, I just want a normal seagull, five thousand times bigger. <laughs> just it just goes apex, <laughs> apex predator. It seagull. doesn't. It doesn't hunt meat or anything. It's, it still wants to eat the fries out of the parking lot. Yeah, it's still. But it's gigantic. It's just huge, and they could live off the, the fucking the sea garbage islands or whatever. Yeah, out there, right? you know, um, world building for this prog. I love the fact that the reader would get reminded at the very beginning that yes, indeed, dread is happening. Happening exactly 122 years in our future. Right. Since the nuclear attack is shown to take place on February 7th, and this comic would be released on the same day. Right. That's pretty cool. I love the continuity. It does of that. run real time. It runs in. It runs in tandem with real world. Right. Which is our biggest problem, but also a pretty cool strength. <laughs> um. It's okay. I'm sick. I'm sick. If we we'll catch up in about never, PK. It's been running what eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, forty, 40 years. So we just need 10, 10, 10 20 years. Uh, yeah, to get caught up to where it's at now. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> World building. Uh, a nuclear threat for Mega City One is stated by Dread as a priority double red. Fair. Yes. Um, we also know that city blocks have city death or defense city death meetings on block roofs where occupants can discuss safety scenarios for various tragedies that are no doubt a daily occurrence in Mega City One. No, we do because of a block war. To be fair, Trey, I, I appreciate the dichotomy of like, yes, this is like an unnecessary. I mean, like you look back to like the old stuff, like oh, a nuclear explosion, put your head under your desk, kids. Yeah, like that's gonna do fucking any good, right? You just right. kiss your ass goodbye. Duck and like cover. George, George, George Carlin says, right? Yeah. Um. The, put your head but also kiss your ass goodbye, kids. Yeah, but also I completely understand them doing this because of all the crazy, stupid scenarios that are no doubt happening. Look at the world they live in. Yeah, there like, are ghosts from another dimension that invade sometimes. Guys, we got to be ready in case we're attacked by cavemen. We just—it <laughs> happened down the block. Everyone could turn into cavemen. Has anyone in the Bob Oppenheimer block look at like the Charles Darwin block turning into apes and being like? You ever wonder? Do you think that... <laughs> what did what happened there? I mean, like... It's, or, like, the... It, isn't it ironic? Like, isn't that ironic? Satanus Rex running crazy in another city block? Yeah, but it's, like... It's, like... It's also, like... We are living in the Bob Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer block. And the Charles Darwin block is running... Oh, my like, God. We... It's... Do you ever wonder if we're gonna get nuked? <laughs> you ever think that maybe... Us specifically. <laughs> if they were gonna nuke something, it'd be... It would hit us. It would hit us, right? Um... But yeah, I understand the, the the both the need for it and the futility of it at the yeah. same time. Because how are you going to prepare for turning into a caveman, right? When it, <laughs> oh, you just smell what spaghetti scene, and then what fucking sea defense meeting is going to prepare you for that? <laughs> are we gonna, what do you do to turn into a caveman, Bill? Uh, I guess I'll eat my own shit. <laughs> gonna start stockpiling bananas. I'll start rhyming. I guess. 
Uh, judging from the description of the nuclear explosion, right? Yeah, 10 we, miles. We learned something. The, com- the, the comic says there is a total destruction within 10-mile radius of Ground Zero. Um, I looked up the Fat Man, which was tragically used on Nagasaki by the U.S. during World War II, mm-hmm. and exploded, exploded with the force of about 21 kilotons worth of energy, had a blast radius of only one mile. The Fat Man was one mile. This is 10. This is 10 times... Yeah. Okay. And the the I think it said something along the lines of because I was reading about this like for every like twenty like the, the the number of kilotons has to go up almost exponentially as the for every like radius. It yeah. Goes, yeah. It, it's not like for every twenty kilotons. It's like twenty and then eighty, 80 and then yeah. one hundred and sixty kind of thing. Yeah. To get so for every, bigger radius, every mile it takes. It exponentially, exponentially more. So it'll take 10 kilotons, then 20, kind then of 40, yeah. then 80. It goes up like that. So for four more miles. The It's it's insane. So uh, I also found out in reading about this that the Nagasaki bomb, that uh, when they were going to drop it off, Nagasaki wasn't their target. It was too cloudy. They couldn't do it. Okay. They weren't going to go for that city. It was a different city. So they went for they went for, they were going for a different city. They were too like cloudy. What, four days apart? I forget what it was. It was also like they... they they had a thing where, like, they had the fat man on a plane. And they're yeah. like, this plane can't reach our intended target with the fuel and make it back. So we gotta, we gotta move it to another plane or just hit a different target. And they're like, it's safer to just hit a different target because it's a live bomb right yeah, now. Yeah, that's a live nuke. And yeah. moving it sucks. Yeah, they didn't want to do that. So they literally, they, they flew to a city, too cloudy, went to a different city... And it didn't work either. And like the third city was Nagasaki, and they missed their target by two miles. It would have been worse had they hit like their intended target. The city center. Yeah. So it was like holy shit. But it was insane the amount of devastation. The the, the before and after pictures are crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. So since this is the future in in our comic, and it is not out of place to assume that nuclear technology has, has advanced, advanced so especially. Since there was a World War Three, yeah, giving us even deadlier weapons, I think that maybe this bomb we see, this individual bomb, is is it might be less than the SAR bomb. I think because the SAR bomb was like, I, I remember it being like fifty kilotons. It was it was the biggest bomb ever. It's it the was, biggest it was, bomb ever. It was um, I remember like reading about it and like I also had a, a science course where I had a nuclear physicist professor who talked about like he worked on in, in on nukes apparently, and it was like yeah, the SAR bomb was like. That was, I mean, the the place they detonated it will forever be like uninhabitable. Effectively. Yeah, like it's just way too much radiation. It's insane, scary stuff to think about. Um, oh, those crazy Russians! <laughs> I'm I'm mostly quoting uh, uh, the song uh, uh, Rasputin. Rasputin, lover of the Russian queen. queen. I that fucking love like that bop. Um, can we talk about the ridiculous? Tone of this comic. <laughs> we have a running gag about a group of people preparing ineffectually for a nuclear attack as a nuke is coming down on their fucking heads like it's a joke. And then we get the horrific reality of the situation and we see people burning alive and fucking melting. What is this comic? It's How a, is it a children's comic? PK? It's a shift in tone. This is like, damn. We're not. We're just on the cusp of I'm two. I'm sure that big uh, glowing ball in the sky. Forget the blowing ball in the sky. We're going to survive a nuclear bomb. We didn't make it 200 progs. There are 2,000 progs. We're not a tenth of the way through, and we have a nuclear detonation. 
It was the 80s. It was the 80s. We're going to have nukes. They're going to come up again. They're going to come oh, up Oh, yeah. Again. I don't know how. People were scared of the nukes in the 80s. I've seen Stranger Things. Oh, gee. I love I love it so much. It's so, so good. good. Um, death Count. There were malls and nukes. Uh, there were malls and there were nukes. And sometimes there were there nukes were and malls. malls. Uh, death Count. Literally millions. This is almost <laughs> assuredly our highest body count yet. A 10-mile radius count. of death literally and destruction. Literally millions. Like, literally millions. Uh... A 10-mile radius of death and destruction in a mega city is going to be even more devastating because of how vertical the city is. Fucking population density. Yeah, population density is a factor. It's the... So, I don't know how we're not going like, to have... Uh, what's, is it Tokyo has the highest population density in the world right now? Oh, I'm not sure about that. Maybe I know India? I forget. There's like Karachi is like insane. I know Karachi is like one of the most densely populated places. But also, but I know no Tokyo because it builds vert vertically up, right? Mm -hmm. I forget. Um, it's I like think Tokyo, New York, and 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 Calcutta, something like that. I I, I would. I'm not gonna look it up right now. No. Okay. So let's get into the last prog here. Prog one ninety nine. Oh shit. Pirates. Prog two hundred is Pirates Part Four. Yes, it is. Okay. Pi uh, Pirates of the Black Atlantic Part Three. Was released February 14th, 1981. Script again by T.B. Grover, John Wagner, Alan Grant. Again, come coming back to that. Artist Ron Smith. Letters oh, by Tom Frame. Ron Smith. Ron Smith is our guy. Ron Smith is our guy. Uh, has been for a little bit. Let's go for PK. We have uh, a negative shot of Judge Dredd. Yeah, above uh, the, the mushroom cloud. Above the mushroom cloud. Above Mega City 1. one. Uh I did this. <laughs> it's my fault. A nuclear attack by the pirate Captain Skank has wiped... It's... Yeah, we're back to it. Has wiped out a section of Mega City 1. Now on the Black Atlantic, Judge Dredd takes the offensive. Let's get those murdering scum! And we see as that Justice 1 kind of uh, ship submersible goes underwater. Right. On the pirate sea fortress, Car uh, Carib, scanners home in. And someone says from down below, from like the old frisbee thing... Enemy craft approaching! Scupper it! Scupper, I've never heard of. I've before. heard of. Uh, uh, scuttle. Scuttle. Scuttle it, but not scupper it. Right. Uh, I have that a definition coming up. Okay. So, Dread, evasive action as we see missiles come out, and then Dread says, Retaliation! As they fucking, <laughs> he says retaliation. Does he shoot laser beams at the they're, missiles and they turn around? They're laser beaming and they're blowing up the the, the oh, okay. missiles. It looks like, like some of them are like turning around almost. Yeah. Uh, missiles destroyed. Now wipe those wipe out those scanners. Well, they already know you're here. Well, they can't target them without scanners, That's right? That's true. They hit these bubbles that are on top of the Carib uh, Frisbee-like base. I, and now we go inside to these pirates, PK. Tell uh, me about these pirates. This guy has uh, an <laughs> eye hole, but uh, hair is growing out of it. Uh-huh. Uh, and his other eye is reptilian. Uh-huh. He's like a vertical pupil. He's got like barnacle warts and, and like a, a cybernetic hand. Yeah. Oh, my God. And porcupine quills for hair. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot going on. There's hair growing out of his eye hole. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. And behind him, there's a there's a biker with a, a a beard made of and mustache and eyebrows made of maybe skin or or skin or, or like, construction paper or maybe even like kelp or or uh, oh, uh, yeah, just like a plant man. Like, he looks kind of plantish. And behind that PK, is a bug eyed, <laughs> big nose. <laughs> What is, what is going on here, PK? A chameleon face. <laughs> hair. <laughs> what is... What is... What is I don't 
don't know hair. what that is, dude. What is, what is it, though? It's like a what mound of hair. <laughs> yeah. And there's a, like a skinny, almost human-like body on under it. With yeah. way too long of arms and fingers. <laughs> but... <laughs> what is... What is... It is cockeyed with a big... You know, okay, remember Kilroy? Yeah, the, Kilroy. the face with the nose? It's got the face of Kilroy. It's got a Kilroy face, but its eyes are cockeyed. <laughs> like eyes. a chameleon. Its eyes are facing in all directions on its head. It's sending... Please tell me that's not our fucking scanner <laughs> it's guy. Not, it's not the scanner. I don't hope it's not the scanner guy. I don't know how I missed him. I didn't... I wasn't looking at him for some reason. Or I just, <laughs> like, just glanced over this... I heard the scanner say, what should I do? Fucking don't talk to me. Don't look at me. That's that's fucking Kilroy in the back. We don't look or talk about him. Holy <laughs> shit. We all wish you would leave. Kilroy. <laughs> oh. Alright. We turn the page away from that nightmare. <laughs> Dude, you had not seen that background character. I didn't. I missed it entirely. I just like, oh, it's some pirates, you know? You're fucking honest react. Woo! Man, you, that's a you lot. Tears in your eyes. Dude, it was a lot to take in. I wasn't ready for fucking bug-eyed, bug-nosed, <laughs> long-haired, long-armed, chameleon-eyed pirate dude thing in the background. I wasn't ready for it. Woo! That was a lot to take in. Um, Yeah, the mutant factor. They're cranking that weirdness up, man. Um, yeah. We turn the page and there's now kind of a blob monster, <laughs> a melted man, melted, melted Frankenstein, and a and a normal guy, Just a dude with a love tattoo. Uh, he might, uh, his fingers might be a little weird. With a big sound effect, krang above them, and they one of the, the the normal guy says, "Listen, they're on top of us." And we see that sure enough, the Justice Department submersible is like latched onto the outside. Set those charges on that missile hatch and stand back. And. We have a missile hatch going open, like, uh, it looks like a... Like a little, uh, a, a nautilus, a nautilus sphere? Yeah, like a, like a, a bathysphere or something like yeah, that. Yeah, bathysphere, down, that's what I'm trying to think Goes of. down from the Justice Department thing I'm into... thinking of fucking Bioshock. Oh god, yes, the old biomes, right? And sure enough, we have a bunch of judges, like, paratrooping in on a pole. Aqua respirators on, let's go! And all, uh, Dread is like, they're like firing down on these pirates and like landing on them as they're coming down. Blam, blam, blam. So, so, okay. And there's a mole, man. It like, shout out, it shout out like a, like a, uh, a, a, a pole to, to, to yes. slide down. Yes. How do you do that underwater? That's a good question, PK. <laughs> okay. Unless they're like pressurized being fired, I don't know. Uh, but yeah. they're going, they're going in there somehow. And this. There's a mole man. There's a mole man with a big fucking. Poirot mustache. Yep. And he's saying... And big buck beaver teeth. Yep. He is saying... Soak my sea socks, <laughs> judges! <laughs> that is the correct voice for that man. Uh, in another part of the sea fortress, we see Captain Skank overlooking Mother, who is devouring something, PK. Can you tell what it is? It looks like a, sh a two-headed... <laughs> ah. <laughs> a... Uh, uh, what's it? A hammer? A two-headed hammerhead shark? It's a it's a by hammerhead shark. It's a two-headed hammerhead shark, PK. Ah! And Skank has a line, and Tuscarose is watching over his back. There ye are, mother fresh-caught mutie shark. <laughs> don't ye knock it? Don't ye knock it all back in one now? Tuscarosa has a line though. Captain, judges have boarded us. Seems they're not too happy about us nuking their city. 
Whoa, I mean, this is a, look at this fucking face. Yeah, Tuscarosa, we see in his full glory now. He's got the awesome dreads that are like uh, uh, reticulated and coiled like lamp uh, uh, stand Do things. The big Bad Beetleborgs, how they had the one guy with Holy the weird shit. metallic. You're bringing up Big Bad Beetleborgs now? Yeah, he had, he had like hair. He was one of the three villain guys, and his hair was like weird cybernetic. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, the vibe I, I get. I remember that, and that the the, the like there was a guy who's the li- good guy was like a zombie ghost Elvis. He was zombie ghost Liberace, uh, <laughs> uh, Jay Leno. Yeah, what the fuck was and that? There was a show? mummy and a, and a werewolf. What was that show? I don't know. I, I don't know. I remember the three bad guys because there was like the weird cyborg guy. There was a guy whose head was a trash can. I don't... You get mad and see, like a fucking Muppet Steven come out of the fucking I, top of his head? I feel like if people haven't seen this, then they're going to think we're tripping balls right now. <laughs> but this is a real show that was on television. There's Beetleborgs and then later Beetleborgs Metallics. I can't believe there was a sequel. I really feel like there wasn't any quality control. There's no... <laughs> there was... No one was, was there to stop them. Well, it was in the <laughs> era of, like, uh, Japan was making Super Sentai shows. Yep, yep. So there's really elaborate, cool costumes. Yeah. And America's like... Well, we gotta get out on that. We money. got, we got, we they those sells those shows sell super well. Power just did gangbusters, oh, so we're gonna rent the costumes and make a show for as little money as possible, <laughs> and just whatever the fuck happens, you know, who cares? Look, you look at the Beetleborgs costumes; they are way better than any other costume in the show. Yeah, absolutely. Then that's it. That's yeah, about it. that's the show. It's like, we have this cool right. costume. Uh... Off of Beetleborgs for once, yeah. uh, Skank is looking to the camera with his cool, like, spiky pauldrons and his awesome big, like, like, uh, uh, he's, he's got, like, this awesome smile, this Joker-esque yeah. kind of big, big grin. smile. He's like, it's like, I'm about to fight and I love fighting. Yeah, he looks like he's gonna go at you with his teeth. Go for his line. Don't worry about judges, Tuscarosa. Skank will handle him just as soon as a n- mother finishes her grub. <laughs> Captain Skank believed the mutated sea monster was his mother. What mother believed, no one knows. And now we go to the right over here, and we see that Tuscarosa is like slinking away from yeah. Skank, who's looking over the uh, the the he monster. Very, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah, and uh, he Skank is saying in the background, "Eat hearty, mother dear." While Tuscarosa is thinking to himself, "Crazy devil." Well, Skank served his purpose. I'm getting out while the getting's good. Okay. So you know he was thinking that. Yeah. Uh. Heavily outnumbered, the judges' superb training gives them the edge, and they are blowing apart some fucking people here. They are killing the pirates. They are murdering the pirates. That guy is flashing his ass. Yep. Uh, Dread is, take, uh, they're taking cover, flush them out, riot gas. I mean, what happens with precise military training goes against pirates? Against pirates, it's not, it's it's gonna be a a one-way fight in a way. A riot gas, someone throws a grenade into a bar scene, and sure enough, uh, they're kicking in. There's like uh, Dread is kicking a dude in the face. Who's coming in with a knife? Yep. Ugh! And oh, Dread has his respirator on. Yep. Everyone has, and they're different respirators. Yeah. They're like bubbled. They're go- of, yeah. They're not the, the regular the, respirator. The Darth Vader looking ones. Yeah. That is a respirator that we know for like no oxygen out in space. Typically. Yeah. We have never seen these deep water ones before. So I'm gonna put that down. Technology deep water respirators. But it's weird because he's using it for the riot gas. I don't know. Oh, they had them on when they went down in the uh, in the tube. Oh, like, you're like, right. Back you're on right. The earlier uh, well, panels. But in this panel, right in the top right here, he's look down there. He's got it. Oh, you're right. It's not in this upper panel though. You're absolutely right. Eh, it's comic eh, book. It's comic book. Um, <laughs> but we see that the the pirates are retreating. Obviously, one of the pirates has a fucking giant 
like two like the what's the the wide pirate hat? Do you see it with where, the skull where? and crossbones? Um, it's in middle of the page on the left over here. This thing. Oh God! Do you see that? It's shit? a bicorn hat. Bicorn hat. That's it. And Tuscarosa is running through the, the middle of it, right? Right. Uh, he's got a flintlock or some kind of pistol in his pot in his uh in his rags. And he's wearing like back, a towel. They're all like running into these pods. Run! There's no fighting these city swabs. Make for the life pods. As all these little tiny like little mini UFOs with bubble, you know, domes go yeah. shooting out from Karen. The right? escape pods from like uh, Independence Day. And literally that. We're free as they go firing out into the water. Uh, on board though, we turn the page and it is still a fucking like dread and them are still gunning some dudes Everyone down. Everyone who didn't escape. Yeah. The rats are running. Hit them. And Dread shoots Tuscarosa Rosa through the shoulder. Yeah, he catches Tuscarosa as he's running. Oh! Nobody escapes the law! And now, all the pirates got their hands up in the air. They're all surrendering Weird. as Dread Stop the fugitive in the life pods. I'm going for skank! To which, uh, there are a couple of guys, Dread, uh, of judges who are now on, like, on some... On the, the, the control. Turrets or whatever. Tur terminals. Yeah. And the pirates' own weapons were turned against them as the missiles go firing out after the life to pods. To shoot escaping life pods. Yeah. To be fair, they're trying. They're not escaping because they're escaping because they're mm. they they murdered millions. Yeah, yeah. They're and and also, how are they using the missiles when they they don't have the, the targeting? That's the first thing I thought of was they don't have the targeting shit. But maybe bug eyed. Hold, <laughs> yeah, he's like it was me the whole time. I was it was only me. <laughs> Meanwhile, Dread is charging off. Skank! I want you. And as it, it was different times. Uh, <laughs> suddenly, <laughs> oh no, that's a line. Suddenly, uh, I want you. Uh, I'll write it down. Suddenly, though, coming from off stage, uh, the the tendrils, the the Doctor Octopus dreadlocks, yep. come come like flying around the corner, yep. wrapping around Dredd's Dredd's neck. And he goes, "You got me, matey." <laughs> As Dredd is being dragged to the swimming pool, it says, uh, room, <laughs> Dredd has dropped his lawmaster. I mean, we know that's where they keep Mother. Yeah. But out of context, it's, it looks just like, I hate swimming! No! I, it's funny to me that there's a swimming pool in, in a, a nuclear underwater. fortress underwater. Well, I guess, I mean, yeah, you want to have recreational facilities, right? I guess. I just, the, I, I thought it was like... It's I a swimming it, pool. It's labeled I, the swimming pool. Yeah, I That's thought it was. Not, it's not like with a dock, ships coming in. Yeah, I thought it was like a dry dock under or a water no, dock. No, but under it's reef. labeled the swimming pool. So mother's just trapped in there. I'm guessing. Yeah, um, no way. <laughs> How'd they get her in there? Uh, I'm guessing. I mean, was she born in it? I, a skank thinks it's his mother, though. Why would he raise his mother? He's insane. Maybe she got in there and he found. I don't fucking know. I don't, I don't know. know. But dread uh, the coils of of Skank's hair are right, pulling him in, into the swimming pool, and it disarms him. And he grabs a bar above the door, as Skank is saying. And now it's time to die. As Red is dread is thinking with the coils wrapping around his neck over his uh, visor. Those robot coils, like vices, gotta get some leverage and bust them as. He swings back in using the bar as leverage and cracks uh, so he Skank. Swing, he swings into the grab yeah. to get left. That's fucking cool. And cracks fucking uh, Skank over the face with his boot. And Skank's down now on the ground and Dread standing over him with his mm. lawmaster. 
Skank for untold crimes against humanity. Lawgiver. Oh, lawgiver, thank you. Lawgiver, thank you. I don't have the, the, don't have the cheat sheet. I want to make one for here. We really need one. Skank for untold crimes against humanity. The sentence is death. To which Skank snarls back up at Dread. You got me good, matey. But you ain't scuppered Skank yet. As he cries out, Mother! As crashing through the wall, Drock! <laughs> Next prog, Mother Care, as the giant three-eyed, kraken, eeled-armed thing comes crashing through the Yo, wall. Yo, those eyes look fucking horrifying. Yeah. It's literally like out of Watchmen kind of thing, that, the monster it from is. Watchmen. So, let's talk about this last prog, PK. Uh, settings and places, we are Carib, Carib, under the sea. Yeah. Under the sea. Under the um, sea. Can't sing that for too long. Yeah, no, no. We get, I mean, we're already demonetized, so... We oh, yeah, that's true. Characters, we're not monetized. So, we're not monetized. Uh, nobody, if we were monetized, we'd be demonetized. If we were, we would be. Uh, characters, nobody knew, really, other than some outrageous <laughs> pirates. Some really good background designs. Holy shit, Ron Smith. He just... He loves <laughs> just drawing the weirdest shit that you never have to explain. Yeah. Remember when we were in, like, the Muty Flats or whatever? It was like, there's a head on legs. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like there's a woman walking a two-headed dog. A dog smoking. The dog it's like, smoking. It's like one dog. What? What the fuck? He looks like he likes to draw. It's like a fucking Doctor Seuss almost. In a yeah, Seussian in a way. Seussian. Yeah, it's fucking insane. Uh, items technology of no. First time we've seen judges use riot gas grenades to subdue right. an enemy. Usually Which, it's riot foam. Yeah, but this is riot gas. New stuff. Then they're not as concerned with like. Uh, Taking them peacefully. Yeah, it's probably not. not probably not. These healthy. are pirates, mutant pirates that just launched a nuke. We're gonna we're gonna be a little more hands on. Th that's fair. Uh, the judges destroy Carib's scanners so that the pirates can't block onto their uh, onto them with torpedoes. However, the two pages later, the judges turn those very same missiles against. The Maybe they're using pods. manually. They're just really good shots. Manually shooting in water. I don't know. Maybe they're linking up with the the scanners on their ship. And using those scanners, but maybe, the terminals from Carib. Maybe, maybe each life pod has a tracker on it. Maybe because it's from it's a Maybe it's a book. comic book. We're thinking too hard about it. Uh, we also see deep water respirators for the first time. Never yeah. seen those before. Terrible slang, made up words. Judge Dread one-liners. Scupper is a hole in a ship's side uh, to carry water overboard from the deck. So it's like, oh, the, it's little, the little holes. Yeah, the little holes. I've seen those. Um, an outlet in the side of a building for draining water also. Okay. So it is holes in something. You haven't, you haven't put holes in me yet. You haven't right. me yet. I love that Dredge shouts out the word retaliation. Retaliation! Like, no one says that shit it's, out it's loud. It's very Batman Arkham Knight, where oh. it's like the, the, the prompt, even the odds. Oh, yeah. The Batmobile comes driving in. I love it. I... I those games got... I, I love those th the trilogy. They got, in my opinion, exponentially, or they got less quality over time. Yeah, but there's not one of them I don't like playing. Agreed. I will say that I like Arkham Asylum most, and then uh, City second best, and then uh, Night third, because you know it's not as good. But there's good. no Batman game I don't. There's no Batman Arkham game I don't enjoy playing the fuck out of. Though I did not play Origins. I have played a little bit of Origins. It's like Arkham City. They say it's they they're not Arkham City. It's it's like Arkham Asylum. Okay. And they say it's the best. I've only I haven't played all of it. But they say it's the best uh, story. 
All right. I, I would not be able to judge because I have not played that one. Um, I, I heard that it was different actors, different teams, yeah. and stuff like that. Like, eh. No, Rockstar not North or whatever. No, not Rockstar. Not Rockstar. Rocksteady? Uh, I think Rocksteady, maybe. Uh, terrible slang. I also love Soak My Sea Socks. Judges. <laughs> soak My Sea Socks. Judges. What a fucking... That was a great, great choice of voice, by the way. Uh, and then, Skank, I want you. <laughs> I, I, I'm putting what the emphasis, a way to phrase it, Dredd. I'm, I'm putting the emphasis in the wrong words there, but I still love it. Um, we see Mother devouring a muty shark, which is a two-headed hammerhead, which is pretty fucking cool. It had, like, four eyes. It had four eyes. Two on each two, head. Two, it was very fucked up. Two eyes are looking at each other all the <laughs> That's time. all they can That's see. That's all they see is itself looking at itself. Like, what fuck. a terrible mutation. It's all not. It doesn't serve much of a purpose. But world building, it's mostly just action this time around. Yeah, it's, 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 a, a pretty, it's good action. It's straightforward. It's judges versus pirate action. But my question for you, PK, uh, because there's not a lot of world building, what do you think? What do you think uh, about Tuscarosa's line saying that Skank has served his purpose? I, I found that interesting. It is weird because okay, so I can only assume that. Tuscarosa is, you know, he's he's kind of cowardly. He probably hitches himself to the biggest, the biggest fish in the pond. Yeah. No, no pun intended. Yeah, yeah. And ma meaning he served his purpose in the sense that, like, he's he's gone mad, but for a while he was a great boss because everyone was scared of him. So he's got the kind of the worm tongue. He fits the worm tongue. Yes, right. He's, like he's Gim Gimler, Gim G Gilmer. Oh my God! You're going to add the actual character's name? Yeah, Gilmer. I don't fucking. His know name that. is like Gilmer Wormtongue. Yeah, it's something. You're very close. If that's not it, uh, I can't believe I don't remember it. But bad no. news so is a bad. You're saying bad news is a bad guess. <sighs> fucking love it. Bringer of like what's it? Uh, bringer of bad tidings. Yeah. Have you. Um, I. That's a good guess. I like that guess actually. Um, do you have any predictions as to how Dread is going to defeat? Because. Dredd I, just can't shoot Mother. He can't just do that. He's going to do something outrageous. What? Kill Mother somehow with a How? knife to the eye or How? fly into its mouth. Okay. Or eat its heart or something. If you had to put a pirate theme to that, how would Dredd defeat Mother? Uh, there would be a cannon. Oh, okay. In, in just a spare cannon. An old cannon laying around. And he would... I mean, it'd be in the swimming pool for no yep. real reason. Yep, yep. And he'd like just take it, aim it at Mother and say... To hell with you're not my mother. <laughs> or happy Mother's Day. That's a better oh, one. Oh, there you go. There you go. I'll take. I'll take it for a dollar. That's. We'll <laughs> see how close you get. Come next next episode. And, okay? uh, and then Skank, Skank, will just go mad, but either kill himself or let Dread kill him. Oh, that's okay. my. Or go insane. I mean, he's kind of already there. Go like berserker insane. Interesting. Interesting. All right. That's okay. my prediction. All right. I'll take it. Uh, death count for this issue, dozens of pirates are killed by judges in the attack on Kara. Probably hundreds, we don't really know for sure. But a there lot are a lot. Pirates. We saw how many they had in the, the, the torpedo ships. Oh, there was, I mean, probably Four hundreds. to a ship and they're launching, what, uh, about 50 ships? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of people on there. So they're they're wiping out the pirates pretty heavily, but they take some alive. Yeah, so we'll some see. alive, and they, they shoot up their escape pods. PK, as... Much as I would love to go, do you have anything else you want to talk about for this this three part? Arc no, we're pretty at right simple now? and pretty simple and clean, pretty mm. cut and dry. All right. In which case, PK, I want to break some sad news to you. Two bits of sad news. Oh no. One, we are not playing our usual games. This I week. swear it's not Futsi. I'm sure I'm not Futsi. We're not playing. I swear I'm not Futsi, and we are not reading any email this week. No, no, no mail wound? Because one of the bullet pins that I had asked you to put in was about Alan Grant. 
And I'm going to read something real quick here about the writer Alan Grant from his Wikipedia page. Okay. Alan Grant, born February 9th, 1949. Wow. Passed away July 20th of 2022. No. He passed away just this last week. Really? Yes. Was a British comic book writer known for writing Judge Dredd in 2000 AD, as well as various Batman titles from the late 1980s and early 2000s. Killing Joke. He was the co-star. Uh, I, I well, we're gonna find out. He was the co-star of the characters Anarchy Victor. He was co-creator of the characters Anarchy Victor Zaz and the Ventriloquist. Victor Zaz Batman. is the guy who cuts himself every time he kills someone. And yep. The Ventriloquist is the guy with the Ventriloquist. Obviously, and, and Anarchy, Anarchy is the the female Joker. I I don't I can't I can't speak to that one. But I figured you and I could pay him a little bit of homage this week, uh, reading through his career, his Wikipedia page. If Let's that's do okay. it. So I, I didn't know much about this gentleman, and I wanted to I wanted to read about him. Notable works on his Wikipedia page. Uh, his nationality is British, uh, but his notable works are for Strontium Dog, uh, Anarchy, Batman, Shadow of the Bat, Detective Comics, Judge Dredd, and the Magazine. He was awarded the Inkpot Award in 1992. Uh, his pseudonyms, he goes by ALN1, which is the robot uh, from the... Uh, uh, Tharg, right? Yep. Uh, he goes by TB Grover, which we already know. Mm, yep. And also by D. Spence, which I'm not sure exactly why that's a pseudonym, but let's go over this real quick. Yeah. Early, early career. Grant first, and, and I'm reading it right off the Wikipedia page just to pay homage to him. Grant first entered the comics industry in 1967 when he became an editor for D.C. Thompson before moving to London from Dundee in 1970 to work for IPC on various romance magazines. After going back to college and having a series of jobs, Grant found himself in Dundee and living on social security. <laughs> he then met John Wagner, another former D.C. Thompson editor, who was helping put together a new science fiction comic for IPC. Oh! 2000 A.D. Oh! I know was, that comic. And was unable to complete his other work. Wagner asked Grant if he could help him write the Tarzan comic he was working on, so he began work... He, so began the Wagner slash Grant writing partnership. Okay. The, 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 the British Eastman and Laird. Yeah, right? They or, came together. Or Lee and Kirby. Or, or the, 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 the duo... Not Marx Brothers. Or Three Stooges, but two... The or, Brothers, there were three Marx Brothers, too. I, I Laurel know. and Hardy? <laughs> I'm fucking with you. <laughs> 2080. Wagner asked Grant to write a strip for Star-Lord, a 2080 spinoff, which eventually got Grant noticed in I within IPC. Ooh! Uh, on a trip to London, Grant was introduced to Kevin Kelvin Gosnell, then editor of, the two, of 2080, who offered Grant an editorial position on the comic. One of Grant's first jobs was to oversee the merger of 2080 and Tornado, an unsuccessful boys' adventure comic. Mm. Remember, 2080 like absorbed a couple. Yeah. Grant featured as a character in the comic in the form of ALN1, Tharg's Scottish robot assistant. Grant found himself in conflict with IPC and resigned to become a freelance writer, writing the occasional issue of Future, Future Shock and Blackhawk, okay. which Blackhawk, I think, was... Uh, one of the ones about the Vulgan Wars, I okay. believe. Um, Grant then formed his partnership with Wagner after the pair lived and worked together. The pair eventually co-wrote Judge Dredd. They worked on other popular strips for the comic, including Robo Hunter and Strontium Dog, using the pseudonym T.B. Grover. Uh, Grant worked on other people's stories, changing and adding dialogue, most notably Harry Twenty on the High Rock, written by Jerry Findlay Day. 
Uh, Judge Dredd was Grant's main concern for much of the 80s, though. Yeah. Grant and Wagner had developed the strip into the most popular 2080 comic, as well as creating length, lengthy epic storylines, such as The Apocalypse War, which we have coming up. Grant wrote for other IPC comics, such as the revamped Eagle, as well. Uh, and then we go into his American work. Oh, yeah. In the 1980s. So He did some Batman. Oh, we know that. By the late 1980s, Grant and Wagner were about to move into the American comic market. Their first title was the 12-issue Outcasts limited series, which ran from October 1987 to September 1988 for DC Comics. With 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 Andre Andre 2000 and, uh, and Big not Bro. that outcast comic outcasts. Aww. Although it was not a success, it paved the way for the pair to write Batman stories in Detective Comics issue 583. Uh, largely with Norman Brayfogel on art duties across the various Batman titles. Grant and Wagner introduced the ventriloquist in their very first Batman story. Who is so, still around as a villain. I mean, I remember the 1990s Batman cartoon. Yeah. That was, he was awesome. He I was. loved him. He was creepy he as fuck. He had like the, the fucking meek ventriloquist guy. Like, oh, yeah. All his evil was in the puppet. I uh. love it. Um... So they introduced the ventriloquist in their first Batman story and the rat catcher in their third. Really? Yeah. Rat catcher. So rat catcher, rat catcher uh, uh, two is in the newest. The Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Squad. So that's from them as well. Interesting. Um, After a dozen issues, Wagner left Grant as a solo writer or soul writer. Grant was one of the main Batman writers until the late 1990s. He stated that Wagner left after five issues because the title did not sit sell well enough to give them royalties, and that Wagner's name was kept in the credits uh, for the remaining seven issues because Grant was afraid DC would fire him without Wagner. <laughs> um, yeah, he totally helped write this. Oh yeah, put his name on it, sure. Uh, the pair created a four-issue series for Epic Comics called The Last American. This series, as well as the Chopper storyline in Judge Dredd, which we don't know yet, right. was blamed for the breakup of the Wagner slash Grant partnership. Mm. So I'm interested to find out what that is. The pair, the, the pair uh, split strips with Wagner keeping Judge Dredd and Grant keeping Strontium Dog and Judge Anderson. But they both went to, back to 2080? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Grant and or they're Wag both freelance now, but they did a lot. They did freelance work for 2080. Yes. Grant and Wagner continued to work together on special projects such as Batman slash Judge Dredd crossover Judgment on Gotham. Oh yeah! During the late 1980s, Grant experienced a philosophical transformation and declared himself an anarchist. Oh boy! The creation of the supervillain Anarchy was initially intended as a vehicle for exploring his political opinions on the comic medium. Okay. okay well, know, you, as a writer, yeah. yeah. You explore things you find interesting. In the following years, he continued to utilize the character in a similar fashion in his philosophy as his philosophy evolved into social anarchism. So, a bit more acceptable in a way. 1990s. Grant's projects at the start of this decade include writing detective comics, Strontium Dog, The Boogeyman, or Bogeyman, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, a series co-written by Wagner, which was the pair's first venture into independent publishing, huh. and Lobo, a character <gasps> created by Keith Giffen the, as, the a DC villain. as a supporting character in Omega Men. I have never heard of this before. I, I guess it's I, not the same... I guess not the same Lobo? Not the only the Lobo, Lobo I know is the DC villain, the main man... I'm going to pull him up real quick. Lobo, thank, thank you, Wikipedia, for having the links. Uh, I love Lobo. Lo is DC this the right, same guy? That's that, Lobo I know. That's the one I know. That's Lobo from DC Comics. Yeah. 
Uh, first the main man. He had first appeared in Omega Man. I have no. I had, what is Lobo? I know nothing about. He's him. an alien <clears throat> biker, just a goofy alien, cool dude who's as strong as Superman. All right, and fights. He's a villain in the sense that he just does things what he wants. Yeah, for, for whatever. Yeah, uh, he's like a neutral villain. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's just a space biker. He's you in the. What? He's in the Justice League cartoon. He's really funny. What the fuck? Superman dies, gets transformed to the future, and everything's just dead. Uh, and so Lobo like starts like trying to try out for the Justice League. He's like the main man, dude. Yeah. The <laughs> so he's like super egotistical, basically. Oh yeah, that's fun. He marries a princess. What the? Oh, right here we have more on, on Lobo. Lobo gained his own four-issue miniseries in 1990, which was drawn by Simon Bisley. This was a parody of the dark, gritty comics of the time. Oh yeah, because and a, proved he's... hugely popular. Apparently. Yeah. Um, after several other miniseries, all written by Grant, sometimes with Giffen as co-writer, Lobo received his own ongoing series. In addition, Grant was writing Legion, a Legion of Superheroes spin-off, and The Demon, a revival of Jack Kirby's character huh. for DC Comics. Grant wrote the first issues of the new Batman title, Batman Shadow of the Bat, okay, which that saw book. him create three new characters, Jeremiah Arkham, Oh, no Arkham shit. Asylum. Yep. Mr. Zaz, Victor Zaz, and Amygdala, who I do not even know. I, don't know that I have never heard of Amygdala. Amygdala, I remember what the, the, the Bloodborne monsters. Amygdala is opponent reduced mental capacity. He has reduced mental capacity, near superhuman strength and endurance, prone to outbursts of violence due to medical experimentation on his brain. So, he, n namely, the chief removal of his Amygdala. So he's like a oh. giant, stupid, a big, stupid hulk. brawny, like the rhino, or. Bane, but not dumb. Bane is dangerous because he's smart. It's yeah, Bane's dangerous because he's smart and strong. Um, this story arc, uh, Batman The Last Arkham, was later accompanied by his role as one of the main writers during the Nightfall crossover. Oh, yeah. Crossover. Apparently there was a crossover. In 1994, Grant co-wrote Batman Spawn, War Devil, intercompany crossover with Doug Monick. Uh, and Chuck Dixon, so a Batman Spawn crossover. I did not know helped, that right? Other Batman storylines which Grant, Grant contributed to include Contagion, Legacy, and Cataclysm. Don't know, don't know any, any of those them. comics. Grant was part. Sorry, of the, it's okay. We I mean, we can't read them all. But like, I mean, it's just like doing his memorial. Hey, like, hey. I don't know. I don't know those comics. It's okay. We're gonna learn more about him. Yeah, there's a lot more to write. He's. I mean, he worked up until 2010. So wow. Uh, Grant Shit. was part of the creative team for the short-lived weekly title Toxic and was there's an exclamation point and was a consultant on the Judge Dredd magazine. Due to the sheer volume of work he was doing, Grant let a new generation of writers try their hand on strips like Judge Dredd and Robo Hunter. This often proved to be unsuccessful, however, and Grant found himself writing again for 2080. In the mid-1990s, Grant underwent a second philosophical transformation, declaring himself a follower of Neotech. A philosophy created by Frank R. Wallace. I know nothing. What is Neotech? I don't know what the fuck Neotech is. I haven't read this yet. Hey, I haven't checked. Yeah. Um, it's a offshoot I hope of it doesn't. And Grant was also a Nazi. You know what? No, no. Like, as oh, let's talk Presented as an offshoot of objective objectivist philosophy. Objectivism okay. is a philosophical That's... system developed by Russian-American writer Ayn Rand. It's an offshoot of Ayn Rand. Yeah, it's, okay. it's the opposite of Kantian ethics. Okay. Wow. Fucking nay, dude. Uh, Kantian ethics say if anyone, if anyone can do it, everyone should be able to do it. And that is what makes it ethical. Huh. And Rand ethics say only certain people can do certain things. Huh. Interesting. I've never, I've never read about Ayn Rand. I've never, I've, 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 I've read The Fountainhead and uh, the other famous, the famous one. 
Uh, Atlas Shrugged. Atlas Shrugged. I have not read. They're I both to. boring. Don't read them. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll take their recommendation. I don't like. I don't like, like Randism. <laughs> Understood. When he was given the opportunity to create an Anarchy miniseries, he redesigned the character accordingly. Following the success of the series, he was hired to create an ongoing monthly series for the character. Initially hesitant, he was persuaded to do so by the series illustrator, anarchy co-creator, and personal friend, Norman Brayfogel. Brave, okay. Uh, named after the protagonist, anarchy was mired... Uh, is it he named after protagonist? His DC Comics, what is the... Created by Alan Grant, written by... What is the character's name? Short-lived American comics. What is what is the character's name though? Anarchy's name? I have no idea. I'm pulling it up. It's super villain. Anarchy. <laughs> Anarchy. Uh, alter ego Lonnie Machen. Okay. Oh, uh, oh. I think I know that name. I don't. I don't. Why do I know that name? Lonnie Machen. I don't. Uh, he's got the anarchy symbol on his chest. Yeah, with, like, I've a seen bunch that big guy. Hair. Okay. I know Anarchy... Psycho Pirate? Isn't Anarchy also the bad guy in the Batman Origins video game? Isn't that him? Or no? Isn't he the main bad guy? I think there is an Anarchy in there. Yeah, like, it's... it's it's Because the, the whole point of Batman or Arkham Origins is there's like seven assassins after Batman. Yeah. and There's like Bane, the Joker, Deadshot, Copperhead, Deadshot... Uh, uh, fucking Slade, Wade Wilson, uh... That's Deadshot. That's Deadshot. Oh, no, no, De no, that's Deathstroke. Deathstroke and Deathshot, and yeah. De yeah. Okay, so... Anarchy might be there. I think he might be. Named after the protagonist, our Anarchy was mirrored, mired, mirrored, mired by what Grant felt was the constant editorial interference. It was mired by constant editorial interference. Fucking It became a critical and financial failure and was oh. canceled after eight issues. Although he disliked the 1999 series, he considered the original Anarchy miniseries to be among his career highlights. By the end of the decade, Grant had written for virtually every American publisher of comic books, including DC, Marvel, Marvel. and Dark Horse. Yeah. So they fucking did, A, dude. Spawn Batman crossover. He's fucking doing all the shit. Um, in the He's a freelance as hell. 2000s. He keeps going. Grant became involved with writing scripts for animation as well as his comic work. Oh shit, really? Notably working on Action Man cartoons as well as original anime. I remember Action Man. I don't remember Action Man. It was a weird it? CG show that I'm was pull it up. weird looking. I don't know. Because it was early it was early two thousand CG, like reboot. Oh god. He remained the main writer for Judge Anderson and Robo Hunter and teamed up with Wagner for a new Boogeyman story for Judge Dread magazine. He formed his own publishing company, Bad Press Ltd., <laughs> yeah. which released the humor title Shit the Dog, written by Grant and drawn by Simon ba Bisley. Grant, okay. Grant was one of the few professional comic writers to contribute to fanzines, such as Future Quake. Uh, he provided scripts... That's cool as hell. Yeah, he was like a fan writer as well. Yeah. He provided scripts... He, was, the, he wasn't working enough jobs. Yeah, he, he gotta keep writing. He's like, one of those people who like just... You look at their, their works and you're like, how the fuck... Do they just write all the time? That's yeah. Just all he does is write. He provided scripts for the now defunct Scottish underground comic Northern Lights with a Z. Along with his wife Sue, he organized the annual Manavi Comics Festival, or Man Manavi? I can't pronounce it. I don't, I don't uh, know much underground comics. He wrote two comic based novels The Stone King, 2001, featuring Batman and the Justice League of America, and The Last, or Last Sons, 2006, featuring Superman, Martian Manhunter, and Lobo. I know all those people. From 1998, he wrote scripts for uh, Renga Media and later wrote the screenplay for Dominator X, which I've never heard of Dominator as well. Dominator X. 
He wrote Kidnapped, an adaptation of the novel of the same name by Robert Louis Stevenson, with art by Cam Kennedy, published by Waverly Books. It was part of a project revolving around the Edinburgh being the first UNESCO, UNESCO City of Literature in 2007. Uh, and various editions will be produced, uh, some of which will be handed out for free. A version of, of with text adapted for re uh, reluctant readers <laughs> would be published simultaneously by Barrington St uh, Stoke and a Scots language translation by Matthew Fitt called Kidnapped. Uh, Kid, N-A-P-P-I-T, published by Itchy Koo. What a weird, it's so weird. Underground comics get weird, yeah. dude. If, I mean, regular comics get weird. Regular I can't comics imagine. get weird. I Underground can't comics get weirder. If things go uh, go well, there may be more adaptations of the works. Although a sequel project uh, based on the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde was commissioned due to the relatively high profile and warm reception of the kidnapped adaptation. It was being promoted as part of the One Book, One Edinburgh 2008 campaign. In November 2008, Grant, Grant's Bad Press released the comics anthology Wasted, a mixture of drug-themed humor and anarchic, anarchic comic action stories, mostly but not all written by Grant. Okay. Wasted featured art by many comic artists from the UK underground and mainstream art scene. These included well-known industry figures like Frank Quietly, Jamie Grant, John uh, Hayward, and Mark Stafford. I... I don't know. I don't think I know any of his names. I don't know any of those UK comic artists. The comic show. I know Stafford, but I think. But it's Stafford. also awesome that he gives like you know new artists a chance to, yeah. to do stuff. I like that a lot. The comic showcased many underground artists like Xander, Colin Barr, Tiberius McGregor, Alan Kerr, and Kurt Seibling. Wasted has been uh, has seen was seen as the heir to the previous Northern Lights comics, but gained mixed reviews upon release. Grant set up his own comic publishing company, Berserk Berserker Comics, this, <laughs> uh, this time. The first title was The Dead, Kingdom of Flies, with another, Church of Hell, published in 2009. Okay. This guy writes the craziest shit. Both, both have Simon Bisley on art duties. Grant was part of a Renegade Arts Entertainment, which, with Berserker Comics, also published co-publishing Channel Evil, a four-issue miniseries with art by Shane Oakley. This guy just... He did, oh, not, did not stop working. Just all the time, dude. And lastly, 2010s. Uh, in 2013, Grant was uh, teamed with Robin Smith to create Scott vs. Zombies, commissioned by Edinburgh's Art Link with support from Creative Scotland. In 2012, he completed the award-winning Canadian children's graphic novel, The Loxleys and the War of 1812, now in its second edition. Again, I've never heard of these, mostly. In 2016, Grant and Wagner created a new comic for BHP Comics, drawn by Dan Cornwell, uh, Cornwell, Rock of the Reds, tells the story of a dangerous intergalactic outlaw, Rock of Arcady, Rock of Arcady, who, while on the run, hides on Earth by taking over the body and life of a troubled football star, Kyle Dixon. Dude, such out there shit. In 2020, in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, Grant led a local community project in the village of uh, Moniavi to produce a comic about the virus and the resident's community spirit. So he was active up until, until the he fucking died. year he died, basically. Holy shit, what a fucking writer. What a crazy guy. Uh, he Personal life, he was born in Bristol, but moved his with his family to 
Newton Newton Grange, Mid Midlothian at the age of one. There are a lot of weird village, so many weird English village, village names. names. Oh, oh, Scottish. I don't. I don't know. Or Scottish. He attended well, UK names. Yeah, UK names. He attended Newton Grange Primary School and Dalkeith High School, where he frequently ex- was frequently expelled and reinstated. Anarchist, right? Anarchist. Uh, anarchist at a young age. He's a young anarchist comic book writer. He's not going to fit it in high school. I mean, I mean, or secondary school. I would be more surprised if he was, if he excelled at this point because yeah. of all the crazy shit he wrote. I love it. Um, so he, uh, after leaving school, he worked briefly in a bank, and he was married to Susan Grant and lived with her in Moniavi, Dumfrieshire. Dumfrieshire? Uh, uh, Shire. <laughs> yeah, and, and he died on uh, the 20th of July, 2022, and he reser- received the Ink Pot Award in 1992. Alan Grant, thank you for all these comics that we're going to be reading. We're, I'll be amazed if we make it through Alan Grant's work in uh, Judge yeah, Dredd. Because he wrote, I mean, he wrote up on so much Judge Dredd. But he was primarily in, like, the 80s era of Dread. Which we're just starting. We're just scratching now. So we're going to be seeing T.B. Grover, Alan Grant, John Wagner, a lot coming up. And it's going to be a major shift in tone. Oh, yes. Very clearly. So, PK, we're sending off thank you, our best, our, our, our best kind of, like... I don't know, vibes out in the universe. Thank you to Alan Grant for all this awesome stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm going to look into your shit, dude. I'm going to look into more some of this weird stuff that he got yeah, into. Yeah, I do like weird comics. Um, so I have like, the, those best best independent comics over there on my shelf somewhere. Really? Oh, all yeah. American. It's a all-American best independent comic thing. I've seen that before. Yeah, that's, I like I like indie comics. Indie comics are fucking cool. I've never... I've, I've Also, they draw boobies and titties. I have... I've, I've talked with you and Brian about doing a another podcast called The Grab Bag. Yeah! Where we, like, where... Because I found a website where you can, like... And, and readers, let me know if this is, like, w- too crazy weird out there. I don't... It, it wouldn't be this podcast. And I don't know if I'd be able to do it or not. But the idea of, like, a podcast where you buy discount individual single-issue comics by the bulk. And you just dish them out... You get to go home, read your comic, and come back and try and pitch it to us and try and, like, show us the weird shit that's going on in it. And, like, here's what I think's going on. Right. I guess this is what's going on. Like, and just no context. If it's X-Men, great. If it's, like, the the fucking one-eyed dog from Mars. Like, <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. Because I've, I've done that before. Back when I was in my hometown... There was a uh, like a dollar store you could buy smoke bombs. You could buy twelve smoke bombs. I remember a dollar. a dollar store in Flint that sold comic books. There was a dollar store in my hometown. Not good comic books. No, not like Batman, Spider Man. Uh, there was okay. I remember in this in this there was a uh, ninety nine cents for three comic books in a plastic sleeve, and I did I bought those. Like maybe five and or six times. I would get image comics. Not even like the, the the famous image comics, like the like Grifter and shit. The weird image comics, like, like Supreme or the Badger. Yeah. <laughs> you, ever, you ever seen the Badger? Before? I've never seen the Badger. It's a, it's a man. I don't know how I know. It's a man who's a World War a Vietnam vet who has twelve personalities. One of them is a gay opera singer, and he's a superhero. He has no powers, but. He just switches personnel. It's I don't know how I remember this. Comic books are weird. I love them so much. 
But the idea of the podcast would be like we all come in with our our, our individual comics and try and like explain what the fuck is going on. Right. It'd be kind of a funny idea, I think. Comic was it, grab bag. Was it, what was the big image team? Was it Wildcats? I don't. I think know. it was Wildcats. Oh, the image. It was a nine. It was image was a, was like we're we're the next Marvel. They they no, were they weren't. They were not. They but they had they Sega Genesis. <laughs> we're gonna take down Nintendo. No, they were not. They were not going to. No. Um, but I read some Image comics in the 90s, and yeah. they had Grifter, who is now a DC character. Okay. Because DC bought the property, the What's Image. Grifter? What's Grifter? He, like, he's, if you see him, you might recognize him. He wears, like, a big green trench coat and a big red mask. I mean, you you, you didn't have to tell me he wore a trench coat. I assume it was the, the, the character Grifter is going to wear a trench coat. He has, like, two pistols. Oh, I mean, yeah, you haven't told me anything that I wouldn't assume Grifter Okay, let's see. Uh, character, fictional comic book superhero. Oh, he's a superhero. Oh, he's got like a Deadpool in the kind of mask. That's yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's kind of Deadpoolish mask. Kind of. Uh, kind of. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think I've seen him before. Yeah, he's like the most famous famous thing to come out of Image Comics. Weird. All right. All right. Fair. Fair. And, but I would go to Dallas right out by Image Comics that weren't Grifter or weren't the, <laughs> the Wildcat, which I think was the team he was on. Okay. They were like Supreme, which is like the Image version of Thor, but stupid. I would love to go. If I could find my old comics, I would love to find them sometime. Anyway, listeners, I want to say to you, thank you so much for sticking with us for this. If you have, um, I want you to let you know that to everyone, if you want to say hi to us, if you want to send anything to us, tell us what we got wrong. Feel free to email us at dreadfulemailaddress at gmail.com. That's D-R-E-D-D-F-U-L, email address, address with double D at gmail.com. We'd be happy with your permission to read your email live on the podcast. Hell yeah. Um, you can now listen to us on anywhere you can find podcasts. We're everywhere. Uh, kind of. More or less. More, yeah. Fucking, we love you guys. And if anyone is listening to this, you find it entertaining, feel free to leave a comment, subscribe, or, you know, build a nuke in your backyard. Oh! And name it after us. <laughs> and name you know, I could be Fat Man. I could be Little Boy, because I'm a little boy. Um, and any press is good press, that's what I'm saying. Um, next time, though, PK. Well, with the end of the Black Atlantic. Yep, and we, have, we start something else. Um, PK? Oh, no. Next time on the dreadful Cyberpunk cast, how will Judge Dredd fare against Mother, the mother of all sea monsters? Is there any something more sinister behind Skank's madness? And we get the answer to a question we have had for a long time in this comic. Where's Don Agliaplino? Are Lawmaster Bikes robots? Find out next time on the dreadful cyberpunk cast. That's right. We're gonna find out because we have been gone. We have gone back and forth. Like, I said, V-I, A-I, don't want to be a robot. My name is Andy. And I'm PK. And this has been a very dreadful recording coming to you from the distant present. <laughs> <laughs>